0: Ahoy there, it's me, your old pal Cowboy Kevin. Thanks for checking this out. It's only the bloomin' fourth part of the last ride saga with The Undertaker, everyone's favorite gamer. Hey, once again, a huge shout out to all of our backers over at patreon.com slash the people who make this show 100% ad-free and 100% fan and listener supported. No corporate masters here, and it's all because of everyone over at patreon.com forward slash Podcast. A huge month has just went by where we've had more Smackdown crawl we're into 2001 we're up to 70 something episodes of that now each episode minimum 60 to 90 minutes in length as well as that we have the new part it is just dropped right now today along with this big apple takedown on the bibliotech where we are looking at one of the most confusing strange pieces of WWE media that has ever been produced if you like the sound of Triple H taking down meth labs undercover for the NSA we got you covered as well as that for 5 you get access to hundreds of hours of content i'm talking video episodes with myself billy adam you've got all the smackdown crawl all the bibelotech you've got the the big show 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 you've got q a episodes with me adam and billy you've got album reviews like the recent olympiscuit chocolate starfish and the hot dog flavored water episode all this much more available now for as little as five dollars a month by becoming a backer at patreon.com Forward slash AE podcast. But for now, let's settle in, rev up our fat hogs, and mosey on down the trail. It's time for another last ride. Dead man walking. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Adventure podcast. One time, two time, three time four times the last ride <laughs> hello everyone once again it's me your old pal mark calloway kevin man joined as i am always in this look back on the twilight and regrettable media for or the end of the undertaker's career by regrettable
1: podcast appearance adam Bibolo. Oh, that's a bad moniker that's not the best intro i've ever received but i'll take it <laughs> Hey pal. Been a bit of a
0: time since our last episode, we we were at this before Christmas 2020, we Mm -hmm. of course started with Undertober, we went into November, then we went into December, and now here we are in the green pastures of January.
1: (laughs) We weren't going to do this this month, right? No, we were going to leave this for a month so that you and Billy could have a little go at something secret instead. But I think we've realized, to to paraphrase David Lynch, there's something in the air. And there's been a bit of a vibe lately. A lot of people have very much been expressing their grievances with The Undertaker. And I feel it myself, I'm really, really reaching the peak of what I can tolerate with Undertaker. So I feel like if we didn't get this done soon, <laughs> it, it could end up being like the Summer of Punk storyline angle that yeah. we just we stopped doing it. <laughs> like, the only
0: difference is the artworks are already finished for this, and they're they're sitting and they're
1: ready. So we, we've made a commitment here now. We owe it to Michael Scally that we do this, yes.
0: By hook or by crook, we are fucking going through, blow by blow, the fucking <sighs> anarchic miserable end to the undertaker as yeah. you once knew him because whatever it is you feel about the undertaker good bad and different we've been making fun of the undertaker in some guys or another for mm-hmm. a long time back in season one i was trying to defend him and you and billy were having yeah. a pop out <laughs> yeah and then we all had a great <laughs> fucking time about it from that point onwards and even if he's still your fucking fave. Mm -hmm. If ever there was a cathartic moment for wrestling fans to realise that the person portraying the wrestler and the fucking match that you're going to watch, particularly if he's pretending to have magical powers, time to separate the two a little bit, maybe. It is.
1: It definitely is. And look, I'm totally cool with people that are still like, he's still my favourite character, he's still my favourite in-ring wrestler. Don't get me wrong, everything bad we say about him, and there's going to be a lot in this one, folks, but everything bad we say about him, he is still, like that state he has that status for a reason like he is an excellent worker he's an excellent in-ring performer he has that presence And I don't begrudge anyone that wants to hold on to that feeling of respect for the wrestler. It feels
0: like WWE wants to begrudge you because they're feeling like with these appearance schedule, whoever's working PR and sends out Mark Calloway to do this, where Mm. it's like equal parts toe curling fucking lame cringe. And then the other part is like, I'm here to talk about fucking QAnon and why vaccines aren't real or whatever the fuck it is. You know, (laughs) it just feels like you're going from the these wide angles of like no stop getting the undertaker wrong (laughs) yeah and i feel for you if you're at that point where you you are annoyed that the undertaker you know, far be it from a fucking snarky podcast to
1: be doing it for a few years but he's doing it himself we can barely keep pace now (laughs) That's it. I feel it's actually, you know, I'm not going to lie. It's a little bit gratifying and a little bit reassuring to be like, we've been at this for a long time. And we've received a lot of flack for us always ragging on Undertaker. And it does feel kind of good that like the tides turned a little bit and now everyone's getting a bit sick of him because, yeah, it's overexposure. He's fucking everywhere these days doing cringy shit on YouTube. The mystique of the man is well and truly Gone at this point.
0: Still feels like it's, you know, oh, can't say anything like that though. Oh, no, be mm. careful. You know, no, no, it's by the fact that I got lots of private messages from people saying, yeah, good job on that video. I'm like, where's your private. retweet then? <laughs> Where, where's, your, where's your retweet then, you coward? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm I'm a bit worried, Adam, because at the pace that we're going, with the way Undertaker is tearing down his, his kind of his career with these appearances, mm. I don't even know if we're going to make it to February. <laughs> there was a point as well where obviously things that have happened in 2021, mm-hmm. and you know the tolerance of the wider world for. Patriotism taking its various forms and whatnot, and mm. regardless of where you fall in the political divide, I don't think too many people were looking over at America and started generally going, Yay, the country's on fire. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think many people who, who claims those to be actual patriots and not fucking psychopaths, you know, will probably think that's bad. And there's a lot of people who have been saying to us before, Well, what's wrong with like all this harmful rhetoric? And then you kind of see, mm-hmm. Well,.
1: That's what's wrong with this. Exactly, yeah. I feel like this last month or so, violent rhetoric and like violent language has become very much under the microscope at the minute. And that does make a difference to how people are going to view The Undertaker because he is a proper one of those don't tread on me, you know, all rifles matter. Like th- This is the kind of thing that he's willing to put his name to. And yeah. people are noticing that Undertaker is often been on that side of patriotism and now they've kind of like maybe we should disavow that a bit more strongly
0: i think yeah it very much has become apparent that undertaker with his position and it's one thing if he was being you know the lonesome fucking raven on the hill like he once was mm. but you know you're showing up now every two seconds to do a, a, a live stream yep. or a podcasting appearance some scrutiny is going to fall on if you're going to be coming out you're know, wearing t-shirts like you've been wearing in the past with like mm very very bold political statements when you really think Mm -hmm. about it like you know it really is and he's so beloved and it does worth bear in mind we made that video talking about all the t-shirts there had been no insurrection attempted at that point in time but it was very much like it was a who's who when there was an insurrection going on of those t-shirts like a lot of them people were like hey look it's that one you were talking about yeah you know Honestly. that person is literally wearing those t-shirts that's their message
1: i think now that that's like a bit more in the spotlight it is changing how people look at the undertaker i don't think it's really changed how we look at the undertaker that much to be honest
0: no i don't think it's it's i think it's the fact that's happened alongside you know, a lot of fans are having this with chris jericho at the moment as well yeah but with thing. jericho it's more of like a, i'm gonna fight you on twitter to prove my fucking point about the world being flat whereas mm. undertaker is still kind of trying to semi keep up this appearance of oh i don't i don't you know i don't talk politics you know WWE is apolitical i'm all
1: about the flag and all Mm. that like
0: well you know you're wearing shirts like that you know don't know if you're going to be considered apolitical like you know that's it that's the
1: same thing as talking about it you're wearing a statement
0: it does kind of concern me a little bit that wrestling fans are on a whole seem to be more upset about him having a pop at video games than you know um anything else but whatever
1: (laughs) there has been more of an uproar about that than anything else but what can you do so here we are the
0: fourth part of the last ride and they start off with a recap they kind of try and frame this episode as taking place in the shadow of what happened last time but bar a shrug to camera you know one of those it's a living type looks that Mm. he gives taker has nothing to say about the impact of that fucking train wreck the brothers of destruction Versus the Generation X in Crime Jewel. Yeah,
1: I think they mentioned on the last episode that it did rock his confidence. And he says here in the little recap section that he's like, oh yeah, I had a lot of personal stuff going on. Me and Michelle had some family issues. My head wasn't in it. But after that, they don't really refer back to this match again. They kind of just want to sweep it under the rug.
0: So yeah, Undertaker, sat down to camera. or first little taste of Undertaker is a series of interesting noises where he goes, <laughs> My ring-ring
1: days are done. He literally says "Hey, I love the way he talks about this at the start where he's like, Things are winding down for me now. I can tell I have not got a lot left in the tank i'm ready to start cashing in on some of the opportunities i've never taken before he's this opening bit here is him talking about like i can't (laughs) wait to start selling out once i'm retired (laughs) but the thing is right normally if this
0: was a big old wwe dvd three disc documentary set you get back in the day you know Mm. with with the the behind the scenes and all that this would be the part of the documentary where it'd be like "Money, money 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 (laughs) <laughs> but you, you can't do that. Diamond rings, nice things, but you can't do that at the moment because it's the start of this and you've just had a very harrowing recap of what happened in Saudi Arabia. So it's like, Blong! Mm. I'm going to you know, look into some uh, merchandising opportunities. <laughs> like, it's really fucking dramatic, him wanting to do some sign-ins and...
1: he doesn't mention cameo though does he no there's nothing about cameo but we do get like to to illustrate what he's talking about they show an image of his instagram page where it's literally him in like a sleeveless vest and some shorts holding up a salad box with no expression no look on his face just like i am the undertaker and i am holding this product
0: i approve this event or product no no no
1: approving implies a level of emotion and thought kevin (laughs) it is i am the undertaker and here is the product in question
0: I am coexisting with the product or adventure <laughs> service. This is essentially a very long roundabout way to explain why it took so long for Undertaker to appear on Joe Rogan's podcast. You know, it's like, I wanted to do it really in the early days, man, but, you know, I had this whole gimmick that I had to work with and, you know, that's kind of, it was what it was.
1: Yeah, they they, they rewind here and they go back to the 90s and I swear they've done this in, like, a lot of these episodes now where it's like, here's what's going on, but let's just go back and talk about the good old days when the Undertaker was strictly the Undertaker and they show all the footage of him Him never breaking character, like public appearances, he's always Undertaker.
0: I like this because, you know, I like seeing the footage that makes me nostalgic. Although none of the 90s footage and the handheld camera footage may be quite as nostalgic as Mick Foley going, I know less about him than I did 20 years ago. And I really miss that. I really, really wish I knew less about him now than I did 20 years
1: ago. Ouch. We do, also, you mentioned to me earlier before we started recording that we should keep an ear out for some grunts because I don't think we've really underlined the grunts enough in this series. There is a bit here. I couldn't believe it. I thought this was purely an old man Undertaker thing, but it's like very new generation era. It's him when he's making Kamala's casket, I think. Yeah. Big old close upon his face and he goes, rest in peace. He's been doing that his whole career, Kevin.
0: I'm very intrigued by any you know Undertaker particularly obviously but like any strong character that starts with a basis in you know elements of the fantastic, or just mm-hmm. something that shouldn't work in wrestling or, mm-hmm. or is a bit too outside of the pale or whatever because Bruce Pritchard talking about reading books about death and you know old west morticians mm-hmm. you know to get the look and, and I like I like that it feels in the in the era of wrestling by committee and this even extends to, you know, committees of wrestlers. Mm-hmm. There's something about someone like, I'm gonna
1: go get some books and just fucking
0: yeah. read and then like draw upon history to make this character
1: which is what you do when you're writing a tv show you research your characters you come up with things like based on other things like you know you actually do your work i can't imagine people sitting down now and getting out like oh, i'm gonna go and get some books from the library so we can make mojo rawley's new character really make sense like I, <laughs> don't, I, hey hey don't blow the lo- i got a mojo
0: joke i'm saving <laughs> for later on <laughs> we get the random inclusion of paul bear with like he was important man but you know we haven't mentioned him so far in four
1: episodes. So yeah, here he is. they really like Paul doesn't get much of a look in. I know he's got his own documentary on the network now, which I've still yet mm. to watch. But he doesn't—he doesn't really get a look in in this series. Like they mention it and how important he was, but he was very, very significant to this man's career.
0: I'm very intrigued as well about the kind of the pairing of the young stud. Because think about him—he's in his fucking early twenties when he's debuting as the Undertaker, mm-hmm. and then you have. You know, Bear, who is older, and obviously, you know, he's obviously one of the boys and all that, but it's not as if he's fucking clanging and banging with Taker and all that. I was just intrigued by that dynamic of them on the road. If that meant that Taker was kept more on the straight and narrow, like, was that part of the process of putting paul bear with him because you always hear like oh we needed someone to talk for him and help with the presentation Mm. but the other way they put mark henry they put tony atlas with him on the road because they wanted mark henry to develop a foot fetish sorry i learned how to look after him (laughs) learn how to look after himself better i always wonder that like you know you've heard that as well flair was put with heenan because they were like oh it'll keep him on the straight and narrow then Heenan's like i like my wife too much please get me off the road
1: (laughs) <laughs> I always wondered that I can't help but think that yeah The Undertaker him being like a locker room leader In the conscience of the WWE I've got to think a lot of that is rooted in Him learning from Paul Bearer Like being on the road with someone like him Everyone always talks about what a mind Paul Bearer had for the business mm-hmm. and he'd been around for a good While at this point you can't help but Think them being on the road together Taker must have got a good bulk of what he Learned about the respect of the Business from Paul Bearer
0: But I was very happy to see these few little clips and it's always the best part of these wwe doc- documentaries on the network i know you and i have kind of rallied against the, just the fact that even though it's a high standard of editing and presentation mm-hmm. there is this kind of almost like a groundhog day when you're watching a lot, like no more so than yeah. the last ride you, you get the si- similar shot similar setup they kind of try and put meaning where it's not with the use of music but yep. when you get these little juicy nuggets of hey it's undertaker and paul bearer in the fucking cemetery in, like, 1992, yep. goofing around like a couple of giddy
1: gots who have a bottle of Frosty Jacks between them. It's great. Yeah, Undertaker's in a grave with a little skull puppet making Paul Bearer laugh. And this is, like, clearly archive footage that people haven't seen for, like, 30 years or whatever. I love stuff like this. They could make a whole series of just, like, here's some clips from the archive that are going to be really nice and nostalgic for you.
0: Now, I... Didn't know what i took from this i was con- more confused going out of this than i was coming in because mm-hmm. i was under the impression that he was part of this group like sergeant slaughter and the million dollar man and whatnot where it's like you are part of this special gimmick mm-hmm. you have to live this gimmick yeah and this extends to all your interactions with fans media signings you will be compensated for it mm-hmm. brackets in the case of sergeant slaughter you'll be given all these purple hearts that aren't yours and a (laughs) camouflage limousine. But Taker says here, you know, I I decided that I'm going to live this. It was my decision. And Mm -hmm. he says specifically, I made the decision. And then it immediately cuts to Vince, like, you know, well, it was very important that Mark had to do this. I I, I think we were very important to feel that it was, uh, he made this decision. It was one that he made himself. I don't think 20-something-year-old Undertaker, who's fucking Texas Reds, and then he's all of
1: a sudden, yeah, you know what, I'm going to, never break character he was told that in the first surely right surely like i don't care how big and how iconic he became at that point he was a new employee that had just been brought in with a brand new character surely he was just doing what he was told right i i really think so i think there was a point
0: where they wouldn't have begrudged him if he wanted to do whatever the fuck he wanted to do but the fact that he never did that means that it's as if he'd always wanted to do that i guess
1: maybe it's never the company's idea and ted dibiase was like you know what you should do you should give me my own (laughs) credit card so i can go out and be rich (laughs) wait is that what he said at the
0: ministry with the the allegations (laughs) okay oh no sorry sorry for how two
1: million (laughs) dollar (laughs) man
0: we get to the point now where they're talking about him like you know so we start working with a social media company, yeah. and the music is so sad. I was expecting like a "Oh hell!" Oh, yeah, right bit of oh, energy. Hell. Undertaker's got an interest in tiger welfare. (laughs) He's repping the Nine Line while repping Nutrition Solutions.
1: Yeah. Now, can I ask you if you did, because I'm guessing you did, you typed in Nutrition Solution Controversy into Google.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's honestly, it it, it pales in comparison to the Stacker 2 controversy that we alluded to in our live show a few years back. So I think we could do a whole episode about Stacker 2 at some point. (laughs) Yeah, so Taker... He he ended up in a, doing a little bit of an upsy-doodle and a ding-dong here when it comes to, hey, man, I got my social media and I accidentally
1: signed to AEW. <laughs> he, he agreed that he was going to do an interview with Conrad Thompson at StarCast 2, and he had no idea that this was affiliated with AEW in any way whatsoever, which, I mean... <laughs> it shows ignorance on his part I guess
0: it's an accident it's a complete accident just like in the way when StarCast asked for volunteers to do a job that they should have been paid for and then later on they Mm. said that was an accident Mm. like you know accidents happen at these types of events and it's
1: it's just just, uh, something that happens sometimes that's all it is but I will note what I quite like here what I notice is interesting language he talks about how he had no idea that StarCast was a show that was being run alongside a show by the other company and they've officially Started using the other company, what they used to say about WCW, to refer to AEW now.
0: Oh man, but the TNA fans are pissed off about that. Like. We're
1: the other company, please take us seriously.
0: Alright, lads, look, it just it peaked when Caval did the rap about this is some total non-stop action. And like, <laughs> I know, as if NXT season two couldn't get lit up anymore. Aww. Like when I, when I meet Loki, I'm gonna have a chat with him about that because I think he'd really be into us, you know. <laughs> he's so bored talking about what is essentially the biggest controversy of, you know, Mark Calloway's career as a social media entity at this point. He's like accidentally signed with Kurt Angle to do another fucking show. Mm. People were convinced it meant that Taker was pissed off with Vince. And he says here that they had a big fallen they out did. about yeah. it. Yeah. And he is so begrudging of any details. He's like, we had a fallen out and then. <sighs>
1: we made up yep what happens and then he pulls a face like he, the way he talks about it makes it sound like it was a pretty bad falling out like it was pretty serious so. and it sounds like they didn't talk for a good while but fuck us if we're gonna find out anything about it he is keeping that shit close to his chest
0: oh is this what happens Undertaker the first time he's ever been in trouble in his career like been called to the principal's yeah, office like, legit. yeah legit ridiculous so in his own words <laughs> after um crown jewel i've been um i've been taking it easy (laughs) like where is it that like in the previous times when they had the fuck up it's like right fucking roman reigns fires on now i am making up for that fuck up there's no way. Is it because there's three other guys here that the misery is spread out? It's not not just you fucked up, it's like the whole fucking generation of last gunslingers fucked up and he
1: can kind of feel better about it? Mm, my theory, I, no, I I don't think he feels any better about this this most recent fuck up. My theory is that he's not been offered a way to redeem himself immediately. You Because you got to think that he would have wanted a match at Mania to then sort of try and make up for the Saudi match. But I think between the last couple of matches he's had have been naff. And he had that star cast controversy. I think Vince is kind of like, I'm not fucking helping him redeem himself at the minute. He's pissed me off this year and he's not been doing great. I don't think the company offered him that chance to redeem himself. So he has just been taking it easy.
0: It is weird because when he does get to the matches in summer mm. after this WrestleMania, you could tell that he's on, again, he's on the downward tilt. He, yeah. he is a lot more like the WrestleMania against Roman in this. episodes yeah previous two he was in a semblance of better shape for sure
1: that little spark of i'm not as good as i once was but i'm as good once as i'll ever be that is gone now that little spark of hope where he's like i can still go that's out the window now it's just like i've got to have at least one decent match before i retire right look
0: either die a phony tough or you live long (laughs) enough to become the crazy brave (laughs) you know uh undertaker on having no match at wrestlemania i'm okay with that long Mm. pause I think
1: <laughs> <laughs> This next sequence Is so uncomfortable It's just him Hanging out At backstage At Wrestlemania <laughs> Pretending that he's cool With not wrestling
0: <laughs> Big David bread vibes Off of him me.
1: Absolutely Fuck. Yes
0: Oh they love it When I pop in here At Wrestlemania You know oh. They absolutely love it there You know Seth Rollins trying to You know Get ready for the match Alright there Yeah Oh see Batista's back guys Batista's back Remember the Christmas party With um With Batista, oh wait, Batista! I bet you can't throw a kettle over MetLife Stadium. (laughs) Uh, And again, I know if this is—I feel that sometimes—and I don't know if this is honestly the case. I feel that we've got like friends in in the editing department of the uh, of of WWE Studios Mm. because sometimes the visuals they pick to go along with the verbiage is just too perfect. Take a going you know, man. Looking back at WrestleManias, I don't want to be on the card just to be on the card, man. And this footage of him at WrestleMania 19.
1: (laughs) Was that the A-Train and Big Show match, I believe? Yeah. Oh, boy.
0: Look, man, if I'm on the card, you're taking my boy Nathan Jones with me, or I'm not on the card (laughs) at all. There's a big controversy. He's going to sit out at WrestleMania 19, wasn't he? And later on, as well, they go back to that, where it's Austin's like, Hey, man, I retired at WrestleMania 19. That's... That's what I did, man. I retired at WrestleMania 19. Time was gone, you know, time for me to go. And it cuts to Undertaker like, well, it's like a season tag, but, you know, man, and, and it, it, time could come for any of us. I'm like, yeah, after the, the show and against Big Show and A Train there, but, well, yeah. you know, if if you're still relying on Nathan Jones to get you out of the woods, maybe you got to put in another 10 years. In oh. the, maybe another 15. Jesus Christ. Oh, God, here we go. Uh, so, Undertaker. He's uh he's 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 at WrestleMania. He's mm-hmm. not got a, he's not got a match. He's not got uh, any any appearances. No, nope. so he's going to a- he's going to access, and uh, I can I can sum up his feelings on access in this entirely necessary segment. Whoa, man, access.
1: <laughs> That's pretty much it. I think this is him realizing that like, oh wow, marks have it pretty good these days. Like they get a lot of good shit thrown at them. Cool.
0: I mean, that was my you know, impression of access was like, whoa man, access. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. The difference was I wasn't so concerned with looking cool that I didn't really enjoy myself. You know, I I I was able to let go and just talk to the nasty boys, you know? If I
1: can be completely honest, I think I would want more to go to wrestlemania access and wrestlemania like i remember since i was a kid when you get those little segments where it's like here's wrestlemania access oh look they've got a car with the rock spray painted on it and they're doing signings over there and that's back when it was shit and i've always yeah. just had this sort of like that must be a fucking fun afternoon just walking around a big room filled with wrestling shit i think i would actually enjoy that more than wrestlemania these days Oh, honestly, I I look
0: back at my WrestleMania that I went to, WrestleMania 25, and other than the match that I was there for, obviously, mm. and and seeing the, the, the conclusion to the Hardy Boy saga in person, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> it was all Access, baby. That's what it was yeah. all about. That was the fucking gold shit right there. There were so many little things that happened at Access. I constantly think back to little things that happened at Access mm-hmm. that filled me with joy. Yep. Uh, the best was in a queue, a really long queue to meet Harley Race and Sgt. Slaughter, so I could confront him about what happened <laughs> in the Nang <laughs> in Ho Chi Minh City. That was a great time. Yeah. telling Nick Bockwinkle he had the best hair in all of Access, <laughs> and him being like, "Yeah, that really made my day. Thank you very Aww. much. Best interaction with a wrestler ever. Like, best ever, ever."
1: And Mark doesn't quite reach the same level of excitement and enjoyment that you did, I guess.
0: No, but I will say, at this point, they are pushing it content-wise. <laughs> what, you mean like too much content or not good enough content? No, as in this fucking documentary. <sighs> Undertaker watching his daughter have an alright time, I guess, Access is like, alright, fine.
1: <laughs> Do we need to see it? This is the first episode where I've really felt like you lads have ran out of material at this point because... Spoiler alert, coming up later on, we're going to get another five or ten minutes of like, oh, it's awful hard to retire when you're a wrestler. Like, they are repeating themselves at this point. The documentary is really getting dragged out.
0: It's sad as well that the highlight of his trip at Access has been told by Vince he needs him for a spot on Raw. So he has to, I shit you not, right before WrestleMania, New York, Texas, Texas, New York. I've done that. That's the flight I had to do coming Mm -hmm. back from. Fuck off. No, that is a long L flight. Two of those in a row. Ah, sure, it's not as if his legs are bad. I'd be fucked after that. You're Honestly. expecting, him to... and he's had no preparation that nope. he's going to have to
1: do this. Nope. He's not in game shape. Why is the point of this? Because Elias needs to get chokeslammed on the Raw after WrestleMania where anything can happen. This is such bollocks. We should say, by the way, the reason he had to do all that traveling is because he didn't bring his gear. First time in like 15 years where he's not performing at Mania. He's like, right, I'm not performing. I'm not performing. I'm not packing my gear. And now Vince is like, you got to bring your gear on Raw. Like He tells him literally behind the scenes at WrestleMania itself. See, uh, Vince McMahon and Undertaker have this Gideon
0: Ramona Flowers type situation going on here, I think, Mm. where Undertaker just got something he can't, he's under his thumb, man, that's all that happens. That's it. Seriously, if anyone said to you, oh, no, what I would like you to do, though, is to fucking go six hours on a flight or whatever, Mm. and then back again to do a thing i know in your heart of hearts you're not ready to do i will make you question your very role in this company that's Mm -hmm. one of the weirdest things vince has done and it's just like oh yeah man it's the business fuck off we've been watching this
1: documentary for a few hours now (laughs) yeah get fucked undertaker is clearly i i really don't like their relationship vince and undertaker because i feel like there's no actual communication like undertaker is clearly about this and vince is like what are well, you an amateur you didn't pack your gear number one rule always pack your gear my
0: gears i always pack my gear i always pack and taker's like haha yeah no i'm just i'm getting an uber to the airport now ha, well, no, ha, what, ha.
1: what he says was like maybe i'd have packed my gear if you'd have booked me for wrestlemania and it's like there's clearly like so much passive aggressive tension under the surface here People want to go on about how these two are brothers and everything. I fucking communicate with my brother better than this. Like, we actually talk about shit. We don't just fucking make little snipes at each other because we don't want to express what we're actually feeling.
0: And it's just that real toxic stuff where... And I know we were like, "Ah, we're going to be making fun of the Undertaker. They we're all feeling Mm -hmm. sorry for him here. But like, Jesus, Mary and Joseph. He cycles through Vince being in this, kind of make him feel like the Undertaker, pal. And then Mm -hmm. it's the fucking... Oh, is your body okay? Can you do it though? Are you all right? And then mm-hmm. it's just like it's the show, pal. He just he goes between this like I care about you so much to then like click of a finger we together, you and I, Mark. We care about this though, this business, this me whole and you. Thing. This, this me and you. We're we're the last outlaws. We're yeah, together, legit. And, you know, that's what it is. I mean, I go out there myself, if, but I'm not the Undertaker, and it's just mm-hmm. we're still here, and he's treating him like he's just fucking you know, wet behind the ears, big redhead kid from Texas who's fucking 20 and can walk the top rope. Come on! It's The Undertaker! He doesn't deserve it. Even after all of this. Maybe after Rogan he deserves this a bit. Like,
1: (laughs) And yeah, once again, it's just so that the next night on Raw, Elias can do his concert and get a chokeslam from The Undertaker. They made him do that fucking massive round trip just for a shitty little segment that really... You would remember it if you're there, but everyone else that watched it on telly, no one's going to fucking remember that. That's pretty generic.
0: All I remember about that segment specifically, because, you know, reviewed the WrestleMania and all the pay-per-views for the how-to Patreon Uh page... And I remember specifically him not being there at the WrestleMania, then afterwards him showing up here, it felt like this was done as a punishment where it's like, yeah. you don't get, you don't get to be on WrestleMania yeah. because Elias doing the whole, the next person who interrupts me is a dead man. That is such a WrestleMania fucking setup. Like that yes. is, And they were starting as well, this whole idea that it was going to be a running thing every year where Elias would have the segment where he gets interrupted yeah. and someone would come back. Nah, you don't get it for WrestleMania, you get it for Raw. On the fucking near seven and a half hour WrestleMania that emanated that year. We
1: couldn't fit that in, yeah, honestly. Come on
0: now, that's ridiculous. And the really sad thing, this is one of the fucking... All right, we're not in the regular timeline of wrestling, I guess, folks. Undertaker meeting Bret Hart backstage at WrestleMania. And Bret is so at peace. Yes, so He looks well, Mm -hmm. he looks like James May after he's been told he gets to do that BBC show he's been wanting to do. (laughs) he looks so and Taker looks fucking tired mm-hmm. and you know Brett it looks like I get to be an old man now I've reached yes, this age Exactly, I'm, I am this year's old I've done everything and Taker's bright orange boot polish hair Yeah, you know he's get, he's getting his fucking coat of paint because he's been rolled out into the fucking rod tomorrow night yep. this quote from Batista I'm so happy he wasn't booked that night
1: and- tells you everything batista pulls no punches here no out of all the talking heads i think batista is one of the most honest where he's like the dude doesn't know when to retire i'll be really happy to see him retire because he's earned a you know he's earned a chance to have a regular life where he's not killing himself all the time and he doesn't pull any punches with saying that like yeah undertaker is oblivious to the fact that he needs to fucking give up already
0: he says things along the lines of where you're getting the opinion where he's like if you keep doing this it's going to hurt my career because a lot of my career is on the basis of you putting me over <laughs> so like you know are you giving me a bit of spotlight or shine or whatever it is and if, <laughs> if I don't get that you know if your career continues this way Batista's career suffers or legacy suffers I guess Vince McMahon with the hug and laugh
1: <laughs> how evil does that sound <laughs> I don't like it. Even when they're both smiling and hugging each other, I still get these weird vibes of like, this isn't a normal, healthy relationship.
0: Yeah, Vince coming laughing and then catching the camera from the corner of his eye. It's like, "Uh uh-oh, initiate shit patter routine. Like 10 minutes of, ah, you shouldn't be out there. You're too old. But you feel okay though, Mark? Yeah, you're okay. Of course you're good. Come on, let's get out there, you old bastard. Come
1: on. (laughs) For for (laughs) sake. You shouldn't be out there. You're too old. Also, can you make this big 20-hour round trip for me so that you can actually go out there tomorrow night instead, please?
0: And then it cuts to Taker who's like just staring in gorilla position looking so miserable. Would you put him in a special room with some fucking mates or something at least? Yeah, come on. Stood up in gorilla position.
1: I should be out
0: there. Oh, Mm -hmm. come on, like.
1: Give him a chance to enjoy this. Put him in a box with some of the other legends where they can all have a few drinks and have laughs about the old days while they watch the show. Him being stood in gorilla position all that's going to do is remind him of when he's normally stood in gorilla position waiting to go out there. You're not helping.
0: It's like, you know when Seth, had to miss that WrestleMania and there's the footage of him. He's injured and he's he's at the WrestleMania and he leaves in tears and he can't, he can't watch it. It's like, yeah. I can't do this. And they managed to get this out of The Undertaker. This exact reaction, pretty much. Because it cuts to him. I don't care what you say, folks. The man's been crying. I don't know if he's been mm. eating too potent to chew there. Think, but <laughs> oh. he's fucking teared up. Like He looks mm. really fucking upset. And he's like, it is what it is. Which is the fucking death rattle of the miserable 50-year-old in yeah. wrestling. It is what it is. Stiff upper lip. Oh, no. Yeah, legit. Oh, no. All my feelings have turned to dust. <laughs> That's fucking healthy. It's just like... He shouldn't feel like that He shouldn't feel Oh I should be out there When you've just been on A fucking 15 hour round trip On the plane Your legs should probably be saying I
1: should be sat down at least Yeah honestly But no that's, that's just the Undertaker man He's clearly that addicted to it That he can't see it that way You'd think the fact that he had The fucking match with DX And Saudi Arabia Should have a few alarm bells Ringing as well But he can't see any of that All he can see is There's Wrestlemania And I'm not on the card
0: Lads This is the Undertaker Right Fucking 2019, this is Undertaker from 2019 WrestleMania. Mm. And he goes, well, I guess tomorrow night will be my WrestleMania. Oh, jeez. Now, like, when I watch those segments, and, you know, it sets up some stuff that they do down the line and all that, the feeling I got, at least, from those segments was, well, he looks a bit mortified to be out there doing it, but Mm. he obviously feels strongly about putting over Reigns and giving them a little boost going into You know, going a bit of a boost going into the summer, which could be a bit hard for them. And to think, actually, no, it's not that. It's him going, I should be out there. That's it. This this is my WrestleMania moment. Like, that's what you give the fucking jobber, like Zack Ryder and Chavo Guerrero. Tonight's my WrestleMania. Fucking The Undertaker.
1: Yep. That's the problem with (laughs) it's a combination of this being a documentary that was filmed over several years and Undertaker being a guy that is not used to talking to documentary crews. His opinions and his stances on things have changed a lot over these episodes where you go back a couple episodes and he's like, I don't want to be on WrestleMania just to be on WrestleMania. I want to justify having a spot on the card because if I've got a spot, I'm taking that away from some young guy that could be on the card too. Well, how many now- young guys could there be though? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, literally now it's like, oh, well, maybe they do need me after all. Maybe <laughs> how, how
0: young are we talking, Vince? I mean, come on, like, you know, so these guys are basically kids. We cut to Raw. Where he has got a new coat of paint. Oh yeah. God, the fucking just for men on his eyebrows. Oh, I was talking about his skin before we get to the to the eyebrows <laughs> here he's got fucking uh, does exactly what it says in the tin here you'll be leak proof for fucking 10 winters to come here <laughs> undertaker looking like a particularly robust garden shed here against elias well lacquered and uh, we got my grunge of the night here at twenty one ten when you see him very orange for the first time and he just goes
1: <sighs> <"Hoo." laughs> and
0: he's there right <laughs> He's there as orange as a pint of Lucasade, putting on his gear. And as he's chatting, this the bit. He's like, well, of course, you know, we got Saudi shows coming up soon. There's no question in his mind
1: he's hitting Saudi. Like, that's it. He is doing it. Like, there is no... This time, we don't get any shots of him being like, maybe. And then Michelle's like, well, you got to do it. Like, he's literally just, well, obviously, I'm going to do the Saudi shows. I mean, have you seen the fucking paycheck, man? Of course I'm doing that. And then it's like, well,
0: you know, Saudi as well. We're going to have, have, have Bill Goldberg there. And, you know, that, mm. man, that's huge. And look, it is huge. It is. So huge. Undertaker and Goldberg. And he says it very nicely here. He's like, you know, at this age in the game, you know, when you're a legend or as long a longer career as someone like The Undertaker has how many opportunities do you get to have like the first with you know yeah. you know, the first and last and dream match yeah goldberg's that on that list aj styles i guess is also on that list yeah. you know these are people you think oh they'll never have that match or whatever So on paper, it's huge. Mm -hmm. But I remember them being stone cold the crowd for this. There was no heat whatsoever going into it.
1: I think that's because it's on a Saudi show. I think, honestly, speaking for myself, I had the mentality at the time of, like, if you're putting it on a Saudi show, it doesn't count in my mind. Like, as far as I'm concerned, you may as well have not done that match because I'm not going to watch it. The quality of those shows has been nothing but piss poor from what I've heard. Like, it... Doesn't count at all as being an actual match. Put it on at SummerSlam, people would have been hyped for it, I think. Yes,
0: 100%. Well, we had, you know, Ziggler was, was taking that spot at SummerSlam, so oh, we couldn't.
1: Oh, fucking talk, hell. You know, we can't obviously
0: can't have Undertaker taking that spot, obviously.
1: This was less than two years ago, and I've blocked all of it out <laughs> of my memory, Kevin.
0: <laughs> everyone gets their make good from this. This is like, this is the fucking birthday party that was so fucked up that everyone, the birthday boy and the, the enhanced birthday party, all got make good presents to make up for it. Like, it was such a fucking absolute shit show. And look, it was entirely their own doing. They created a toxic environment with that Sadie show mm-hmm. where they tried to make out there was no big deal. And no. then the shows went ahead and they were like, no, no big deal. The wrestlers don't have to go if they don't want to. And they didn't go and it became an even bigger deal. Yep. And then the mainstream media caught onto it. And you know, people were talking about it in great length. They show the clip here of him doing the the promo for for Goldberg. Mm. And the edited highlights here, it's a nice promo where they have managed to put together the 30 or so seconds where the fans weren't booing The Undertaker Mm -hmm. because every time, and they tried very hard not to mention it, not to mention the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia yeah. or to mention Crown Jewel because it was not a crown jewel. It's a super showdown, which the year before took place in Australia yes. and the following two years took place in Saudi Arabia. Geez, uh, I wonder uh, why
1: they did that. I'd be fucking miffed if I was the Australian crowd. Like, there's another super show. Do- what? Oh, oh, it's there. It's, ridic-
0: it's, it's like if you heard someone else was running a WWA show.
1: And it wasn't even COVID compliant You know (laughs) Or it'd be like them saying this Sunday Exclusively at WWE Rebellion In Saudi Arabia You know it's like that's meant to be our show You started the branding here (laughs) in England You can't just move it over to Saudi To try and sneak it in with their schedule It's a
0: good thing they didn't go with my Mayhem and Mullingar idea Because the people in Manchester here They (laughs) would have been fucking up in arms They would (laughs) have stood for it And I don't think all those of us in Mullingar would have been able to defend it You know Mm. The thing with it here is that if you've gotten to the point where Undertaker Goldberg which is literally the dream match to get anyone who was like fucking 50 and doesn't watch wrestling anymore Mm. interested again and they can't even tell you the match without the fans booing it congratulations you know, people are pissed off about Saudi Arabia. This pandemic's one of the best things to happen to that fucking Saudi business. Because
1: honestly, can you
0: imagine what it would have been like in 2020 and 2021 trying to fucking get these shows rolling with the mm-hmm. the poison in the air about it at this point?
1: Yeah, honestly, that's it. I feel like it is well established here in 2019 that the WWE universe, by and large, is not on board with you doing this Saudi Arabia business. No, and I think <laughs> 2020 had been a year where there was a big pressure cooker of like. People were stuck indoors, people were spending a lot more time on social media talking about, like current issues in society and around the world if they're gonna have to go back to doing this Saudi contract in the next year or two I expect the backlash is gonna be even worse now because people have got this sort of like fire underneath them of like you can't do that that's not fair that's not just you're you're getting involved with shady shit and they're gonna get called out even more for it I think
0: well my hot take is that they'll stop broadcasting them on the network they'll keep doing them but they'll just they won't broadcast them worldwide on the network that's my probably a
1: smart move honestly yeah. I think that would do them some good to at least not fucking bang the drum about it all the time that's what I think for me I don't want to speak on everyone's behalf but for me that's what got under my skin the most is like you're doing this disgusting shitty deal with Saudi Arabia and you're always fucking going on about like oh and we're going to have this great show like they won't they should be ashamed of it kevin is yes. what it is and their pride and their ability to boast about the upcoming saudi shows made me feel even more sick about the whole thing
0: all you have to do and it's an easy workaround is when you're running down the card for a crown jewel or a greatest royal rumble at the end you have Corey graves michael cole whoever it is they turn to the camera and just go you know though
1: you, you
0: know you know just just a little but you know you're just and it. you don't need to go into much more than that mm. it's just <laughs> it's just if you were going to a social function with someone who you're guaranteed was going to ruin it and you know people were like and john will be there so you know you know <laughs> they're not gonna go he's gonna get drunk and ruin everything and put his dick in the chips but, you know. just go you know you don't yeah. have to get into the whole thing and by the way as well This is the one before the plane got detained as well So this isn't even a fucking con This is actually by the law of averages The least controversial show they (laughs) (laughs) did But hey look Undertaker's excited because not only is he going to take on A new opponent in Goldberg He's got his new
1: eyebrows as well The state of these big black, sharpied eyebrows, because it happens so suddenly. It's like you see the shot of him in the armchair with his blue Lives matter shirt on, being like, "So then I was gonna do Saudi Arabia." Then a hard cut to this fucking pumpkin with big black eyebrows on i had to pause it because i was laughing so much he looks absurd here kevin it's a huge jump here i want to want to
0: dial it back a little bit and maybe dissect it dissect this image a little bit more because joe was walking past while i was watching it and uh, anytime mm. she hears old vince's voice it's kind of like a little bell that rings and, she's like, what, what? <laughs> <laughs> and she saw the shite patter and then she saw. Mm. The, uh, the, the bad eyebrows She said he looked like A ventriloquist dummy He
1: does He does You've got to Make a big mistake
0: That's spot
1: on You think you're...
0: Wow Mark's <laughs> drinking A glass of water While he does it as well <laughs> He's got a mouthful of chew While he's doing his eyes The goatee though That matches the eyebrows yeah. At least in, in colour It is a suspiciously Perfect shape It's like His goatee It's still that Very dark colour Mm. But the shape is so perfect. It's like a bowl cut for a beard. But instead ah. of a bowl, they've used a Greg's Steak Bake as the <laughs> template. Because it's that perfect
1: circular, tapered off at the edges, you know? They got, like, you know, Kane's mask. The sort of his current 2020 bacon face mask that he has. They put that on Undertaker and then just got, like, a can of spray paint and just sprayed over the area <laughs> that was exposed. Like. But <laughs> it's
0: it's very fucking disconcerting to see Taker like this. And, uh, yeah, he's just hanging around, you know, with with the gang, you know, chatting with Mojo Mm -hmm. Rawley and his uh, cool new gimmick.
1: Mojo's got the fucking, the blue face thing where he's got all these jagged lines over his face. It's basically a rip-off of Bull Nakano's face paint here. It's exactly (laughs) the same design. And Undertaker straight away, like, cracks at it, like, you got some shit on your face there, pal. And Mojo, clearly not that confident in the gimmick, says that a blue biro blew up in his face.
0: This was so fucking miserable. This, and you know what? This was the point where I realised every shot you have of Undertaker surrounded by a ring of men going, ah, "Yes, Undertaker, yes,
1: very good." I'm
0: I'm Zack Ryder, and I think your joke about being stiff is very funny indeed. <laughs> <laughs> but do you know anything? Like, am I am I on that list? Or do you know? Anything? You do you know have it? a word of Vince? Do, you, do you have a word? Do you need yeah. the keys to my to use my tool this weekend? <laughs> because I know I I it's, it's 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 all right. Though. And Mojo being there, like, yeah. No it is shit My career is floundering <laughs> It's so crap Now I want you to tell me What's Mojo's gimmick
1: Now I remember He had, ah! the, blue, he had the blue Face paint And in my head, I'm remembering like a shot over his shoulder of him looking in the mirror. And then he looks into the camera through the mirror and he's like, (laughs) that is literally all I can recall. Is that it? Am I right? Pretty much. Yeah. The gimmick is like a pen exploded in a really
0: funny way. And it's him in the mirror going like, (laughs) look, it's all over me there. Now, Jesus, I look like a right show. Oh, have you got to come here to me? Mojo's mum is like licking a napkin really hard. She sees him like, come here to me. (laughs) (laughs) So, what it is, is he's the mirror man now. The um... mirror man? I do not remember that. So, Mojo. His, his psyche had become fractured right. and he would look into the mirror and the mirror itself was fractured Damn. and what I love most about this is that it's just Vince McMahon was clearly describing it one day and everyone got really into it because they like the way he says mirror mirror, Mojo has become the mirror and he's looking within the mirror and he's got a like a blue shit all over his face <laughs> and of course my favourite BMX
1: artist is of course Dave Mirror
0: <laughs> now like if you're not keeping up You know, I'm not going to give you all of the ins and outs of the storyline because I'm saving that once we finish SmackDown Crawl. Obviously, Mm. Adam and I are going to do all of main event. Uh
1: (laughs) Oh, no, we are not.
0: (laughs) So, yeah, Undertaker decides the best way to, you know, I'm going to hold court now. You know, the guys all miss me. So what I'm going to do is... I'm going to find whatever the closest is to the fucking aorta of the footfall traffic on the Monday yeah. Night Raw tape, and I put my chair right there, man.
1: Triple H, because there's people like walking through, constantly walking through the shot to the point where Triple H is like, you know, if you set up your camera right there, you are going to get a lot of fucking people in your shot, man. Maybe you should move. And Undertaker's like, I'm cool being here, boy. He wants all the attention he can get, basically.
0: Yeah, and uh, get all the greatest hits here, including The Undertaker's
1: Godfather impression. I didn't catch that. I don't make him an offer he can't refuse. Oh, I thought you meant Charles Wright. Oh, no, no, no. (laughs) Although I wouldn't be
0: surprised if he's got one of those in his back pocket. But he was doing his Godfather impression. And I will tell you folks, a little behind the scenes the face he made afterwards where it's a mixture of oh that's a bad fart with a little bit of regret and you and I have an understanding right uh, that's, that's the face you make when you make a really bad joke in a podcast and you're making <laughs> visual contact with the with the yeah. editor to go I don't need to tell you we're going to snip that though that's <laughs> why all my Godfather impressions have been snipped out of most episodes you know because I'm like oh
1: <laughs> no no while we're on the subject though look how they massacred my boy <laughs> you come to me on this
0: the day of your abducted daughter's wedding (laughs) here's a grim fucking line from the undertaker coming out of Vince's office yo man I think that's the first time in 29
1: years he's listened to me well for all the people that are saying that they've got this wonderful bond this brotherly relationship that they have I think that should maybe throw it into question a little bit That this guy who is supposedly the most respected wrestler in the entire United States couldn't apparently get his way with Vince McMahon at all for the entire three decades of his career. Like,
0: now, I, I don't get it as well because everyone's always like, he's like my father. You know, he's my dad. You know, I don't have a dad anymore. Vince McMahon's my dad. Happy Father's Day, Vince. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> all these rests <laughs> with this fucking tragic fucking father figure. And look, I don't know how it is with the tragic father figure story. And like, you know, I chat with my dad regular enough. And we talk about like mm. Prague and what episodes of Cinema Swirl I'm doing. Uh-huh. I
1: think... Your father should listen to you A little bit more Than Vince McMahon Listens to his supposed Son-like wrestlers Well I mean Just because someone Is your father figure Doesn't make them A good father figure Automatically Like, I, Darth I, Vader Darth Vader Man, I hate this assumption Where people are Oh you know Vince is like a dad to him That doesn't mean That Vince treats him well You know That means there's a dynamic there It doesn't mean that Vince is looking after him By any means though
0: Yeah and if and if anything WWE can be described As a den of many things A den of people With daddy issues Is one of the mm-hmm. biggest ones. <laughs> yeah uh, oh, look, he's backstage. It's McConaughey, you son of a bitch. Ah, and The Undertaker, uh, and the fellow Longhorns fan, uh, and fucking Lance Armstrong. Excuse me, sir. Excuse me, sir. Woo! Excuse me, sir. You've been, uh, you, uh, you, you pretending to, uh, you pretending to inspire people, sir? You've been pretending to inspire people tonight, sir. <laughs> have you been on Oprah's this evening, sir? Have you got her have you been on Oprah this evening? They just slid him in there hoping to hope that a wrestling fan doesn't know much about
1: what happens yeah. in the world. Well if I fucking know, ye do. Come on. <laughs> I I just I love this is one of my favorite tropes with like backstage stuff that you see on behind the scenes is where it's like oh yeah and he was there man and he's a, he's a huge WWE fan like he loves WWE he's so into it and then you see the wrestler like nodding and being like. Yeah, man, do you want to talk about football or something? Because I clearly don't know jack shit about wrestling at all.
0: Well, I mean, Lance Armstrong was obviously a big fan of professional wrestling because,
1: you know, Lance
0: didn't like the whole kind of, oh, he said, she said, what's going to happen, you know, all that. He liked a kind of a slightly more predetermined nature. No, it's not, no, no, the Tour de France is not fake. Stop it now oh yeah you say oh the bike's just a property <laughs> would you fuck off right i'm not saying that you're just saying that some people lance La- All i'm saying is lance armstrong thought i would like to win this quite easily and yes. i don't want to work very hard to do it and if i happen to make people think that i'm something or other in the- that's their own fault it's not as if i've got you know Bracelets telling you how great I am, or anything. <laughs> they're bands! Fuck, it's just a prop! Just, come on. <laughs> Jesus, these people. We cut to Undertaker doing his promo about Goldberg. That is definitely written for him because we get the nervous eyes where he's like, In the kingdom of Saudi Arabia. Oh. oh. And I'm a shield. <laughs> <laughs> it's rubbing off on him. 13 hours later. <laughs> We're in Jeddah, it's big, it's hot No, really, it's hot It's it's human, it's the temperature of the human body That's how hot it is Jesus it's, I looked up, on that day It was highs of 38 and 37 So,
1: yeah. For us here in the UK, that is a
0: very, very hot day The closest you have ever come to that, Adam Was that one time it was really cold And we were podcasting in Joe's dead granny's house And you and Billy... Slit me open with a lightsaber. And Billy's like... <laughs> and I thought he smelled bad on the outside. You know? And it was 37 in there. It was toasty. It was snug. You wouldn't want to be wrestling inside the human body. That's... Hell no. no. We decided... As this is the important, bespoke... Very, very... Very high profile match... That we're going to hit a little bit of a pause now... On the documentary. Mm-hmm. And we head into... Reality. And we see what actually happened... At Super Showdown, this is The Undertaker taking on Bill Goldberg in Jeddah in front of a very hot, mostly bothered, although half of them can't be bothered because they're leaving halfway through this, Mm -hmm. audience... Clip, clop, clip, clop, clip, clop. <laughs> bong. It's time for a caption contest. Bong, <laughs> bong. Is Mark Calloway <laughs> there? Knock, knock. It's can, can you come out and play, please? Because everyone on the internet wants to have a pop of them. We've got a big bag of fucking even captions. Hey everyone, it's uh, Kevin and Adam here in the not too distant future. Not so distant in the future that people have gotten tired of making fun of the Undertaker, <laughs> but we've been here for a while.
1: It's, uh, the weather's nice. Thanks for joining us. Adam, how are you doing today? I'm grand. I'm very excited to be getting into this because the caption contest You know, it can take a lot of different forms. Sometimes it's a picture that's a bit open to interpretation. Sometimes there's many elements in the photo, and there's a lot of different things people to work with. This time, it's just Bugger Red on his own making a silly face. That's all it is, and I can't wait to see what people have done with that.
0: All right, so not to to, to tell you too much how the hot dogs were made, but we had another episode of this podcast recorded, Mm. and we decided to instead do Last Ride quickly ahead of that other one Mm. and... Oftentimes, it falls to Adam to scan through an episode or a pay per view and see if there's any would be potential captions. Mm. And surprisingly, people haven't beaten down the door to tell us their favorite pictures from <laughs> from the Undertaker <laughs> episodes. However, I received this past weekend a lovely kind of a, a, a mood board, a Pinterest <laughs> board, if you will, of many pictures of The Undertaker pulling various faces and you've been doing videos of Taker recently so I can only assume that this man going hmm (laughs) is laser
1: etched into your soul it's taking its toll on me let's put it that way I'm reaching critical mass when it comes to my absorption of Undertaker content these days
0: yeah and in case you're wondering what the next series that's going to come out in two years time when he comes back to the ring taking its toll coming soon to the (laughs) WWE Network (laughs) So, Taker's got his face, he's, he's post-wide-eyed, he's into a full-blown semi-squint here, I'd
1: say, Adam. He's, like, wincing, as if to say, like, oh, Do I really have to go back to Saudi Arabia? Just kidding, I love it, give me that money. But he's got, like, this proper, like, That's, that's the best way I can describe the expression.
0: How intriguing a dragon is it to chase? <laughs> mm. All right, Adam's got some on Twitter. You can, of course, always follow us, take part in Caption contests, and see cool
1: videos over at Podcast. Give us a follow. And don't forget the Caption Contest. This is easily one of the most popular segments on our show. And if you want to get your project, product, thing website youtube channel out in front of our entire listenership get in touch with us at 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 gmail.com or see patreon.com slash a podcast to find out more about sponsoring the caption contest
0: so starting us off here adam scully when you see the new wrestler not getting abused by the locker room and no one's drinking themselves to death but they're playing video games <gasps>
1: Kevin, this has been a very recent, as in like literally last week when we're recording it now, very recent controversy on The Undertaker. He preferred the olden days, would you believe?
0: Yeah, now, far be it from me to, um, you know, completely give up on life and listen to joe rogan and the undertaker talk oh about kevin why, it's not all that bad is it why video games are lame like, <laughs> for fuck's sake sorry older brothers the podcast is not available in my region so i guess i'll not be tuning in tonight <laughs> like. uh, can we you bring that up on the on the screen there no no thank you no so, thanks um, Undertaker, can you broad strokes it for me? Did you listen to it? What is his actual fucking problem with video games? I've
1: not listened to it. All I've seen is like the paragraph of text being shared around from someone that transcribed it. Basically, Undertaker was saying, back in my day, the locker room was way different. I don't recognize it anymore because everyone's all soft now. In my day, there were guys back there that were real men. They were all brandishing weapons and they were all hanging out together. Now, no one's got any weapons, Kevin. People are just sat around playing video games, making themselves look pretty. And you know what sickens me the most? That's way healthier than it used to be 30 years ago. And it makes me sick to my stomach, Kevin. I wish things were bad forever.
0: Oh, sorry, I mis—I misinterpreted it. I thought Taker was railing against microtransactions, Was what it was. <laughs> I thought, because of you know, saying that everyone already had weapons back in the day, of course, now with your fortnights and your, your battlefronts and what have you, there'd probably be a cash advance required to get the selection of you know the shank in your boot or, or whatnot <laughs> you know or or the cocaine laced with rat poison or whatever it is that you'd you'd want you'd feel comfortable in your
1: loadout you know check your copy of wwe battlegrounds for further instructions so we've got one here on twitter from Jacob mayfield who says <laughs> were you going to say i'm nearly 60 michelle well i might be nearly 60 but at least oh michelle i've pierced me foot on a spike there's <laughs> <It's laughs> lots of um <laughs> Lots of these
0: take place as a dialogue between the Undertaker and his and his wife Michelle McCool. Mm. There's also quite a lot of fart jokes, which I was really, really I was really happy about. Like, I kind of yes. feel like we've we've established a broad church here. First couple of episodes of the Last Ride, there were people who were maybe like, oh, I'm not sure about making fun of the Undertaker. You've been mm. doing it for only six and a half years at this point. I'm not sure if I'm on board. And now now everyone's all here together, and we can we can enjoy great content like this from Adam Carter. Taker ripping the gnarliest fart There's a thin blue line Running through the USA And a thin brown line running through these drawers
1: For fuck's sake Oh that's fucking Pat Patterson Smackdown crawl levels of gross
0: You know what I never thought you could make a joke About the thin blue line that I think is just Great (laughs) It just needed more Farts there you go
1: chris stroud base here saying oh and i should say we didn't point out undertaker he's got a little cap on there kevin and it says the word hunt in big letters
0: yeah that is that is the hunt that's from uh know your Hunt' from the makers of knowyourwater.com uh google yielded zero results i right? put the word controversy after either of those <laughs> search terms, so i'm not gonna waste your
1: time but chris stroud base here says you replace that h with a c and you have my exact opinion of mark calloway <laughs>
0: Black tarts What the hell does that
1: mean?
0: <laughs> Go on here from Dan Davies Where do you see the young guys Playing among us Instead of taking someone To wrestler's court For not saying hi to draws <laughs> I should point out as well We do have episode artwork And everything main prepared There is going to be A special wrestler's court Roundup episode At the end of the last ride series Because they talk about it there And yes. we will be doing that
1: that's right the the documentary is a five-parter but there is a sixth part which is mostly wrestling like road stories set to animated graphics and i figured that maybe that wouldn't be long enough to justify a full podcast episode but then i remembered kevin we could also maybe take a little gander at the undertaker's final farewell at the same time how do you think about that
0: yeah when that ring of men appeared yep. yeah
1: all the oldest men we could find in the middle of a pandemic <laughs> Michael Scalley here on Twitter, our resident artist who does all the artwork for our main timeline episodes and does a fabulous job, if I may say so. Michael says, when you recognize half your Facebook friends on the Capitol and ooh, <laughs> <laughs> a lot has happened between last ride parts."
0: Yeah, it's good. It's, it's made everyone a lot more comfortable with making jokes about something we already knew was true several years ago. <laughs> it's great. You know, it really takes to be banged over the head with sometimes to realize something is true. But there mm. you go. This one here from John W. B. Cartwright, and I did warn you all: hard fart victory.
1: (laughs) Wow, you were not kidding. There is a lot of this going on.
0: Looks like this one as well from Matt Lennox, which is just farts. Mm." (laughs) What? It's it's farts with you know asterisks to
1: it's an action, and then. "Mm." Mm. Oh Jesus, James Leach here. The face when your Blue Lives Matter Facebook group finds a video of what you did to the big boss man. Jesus <laughs> Christ.
0: <laughs> yeah, he fairly changed his tune. What happened? Yeah,
1: to the boys? I know. For a man that's so
0: pro-god. Did, did Bush and the Tea Party get their hooks in you? What's <laughs> Seb Coulter been up to? Going here from Susan Nix? The cringe that comes when you see your fellow patriots trying to overthrow democracy. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Hey, folks, come on, we're, we're keeping it in our pants here. We've not made any insurrection jokes yet whatsoever. And there's a pay-per-view called Insurrection. Like, I
0: think we actually will be doing Insurrection soon. We can make up for
1: it. That'll be all right, won't it? Mike Forbes here, clearly paid attention. This is just someone you can tell has listened to a lot of caption contests over the years, saying here, I've always wanted to enter one of these. Here's my original entry. Well, basically, dope <laughs> 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 the greatest hits of the caption contest right there.
0: <laughs> Fucking beautiful right there. <laughs> I like this one a lot from Jackie Daytona. This is meant to be in a Yosemite Sam voice, by the way. Dude, THAT'S SAMMY Zayn AND HIS SOCIALISM! Good
1: Danjo Kazooie here saying, They needed a new heel for the show, so I decided to go to Wrestlemania, which is what they called pay-per-view in those days. So I tied an onion to the title belt, which was the style at the time. Now, to buy the pay per view cost a nickel, but in those days, nickels had pictures of Vince McMahon on them. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they told him
0: when they were giving him his payoff for the network. About- <laughs> Joe Moore, did I say took steroids? I mean, um, spinach. I'm Papa, you see. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That is kind of a Popeye facial expression, actually. Robin Williams definitely did that face in the movie at some point. <laughs> sure. I had to fucking watch
0: that movie. i just been re-traumatised by that <laughs> shit. Good gods. Steve Yurko here. What's this, Lise? You can pinpoint the second when his heart grunts in half. <laughs>
1: <laughs> James Alexander, Undertaker here, listening to Kevin reenact his hip surgery on the podcast. <laughs> Mm. There it is. Oh, Jesus, that one's—you w- fucking hit concrete there. What's going on? Oh. oh, oh shit! Wrong hip. This is the metal one. <laughs>
0: my, my 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 lockdown challenge for lockdown part three. I've been working on Tony Soprano and my hydraulic drill. So poor Joe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah she just wakes up and thinks that tony's doing a really bad fucking project that's not working out i've been making this for four fucking years there is
1: there is a lot and i mean a lot of when you see the boys backstage playing x like insert video game title here
0: like xbox
1: (laughs) so Super sharpie 64 says that face when you see the Big Show walking out of the desert wearing only a snakeskin tie and lizard boots carrying his Harley Davidson on his back.
0: It was assumed he'd complete the ensemble himself and they should have re-specified really that in the brief. <laughs> uh, I've got one last one that sent us out on a high from Joe Iscribado here. Now you know why i am taking a shit right here. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Fuck's sake. Uh, we got one more from Twitter here, David Gray saying, Don't you get it WCW? It's over. You lose. Now, if you excuse me, all this talk has made me hungry.
0: (laughs) Well, that does it for another caption contest. Don't forget, as always, if you want to sponsor the caption contest, you can details over at our Patreon page or, as always, add it to your podcast at gmail.com for all inquiries. But for now, why don't we uh, gather up the posse, head on the dusty trail and go back to the fourth part of the last ride Adam we're back in Saudi Arabia and everyone is kind of tired and apparently this was the first one where the old royal family had a few people working in the in the office with them as in the production was controlled at least in part by the uh, by the royal family
1: that's so strange to me that like I didn't think that would be at all part of the deal I thought it was just like we're going to come over and put on some shows for you guys but now it's like the royal family are getting involved in production and what, are they also involved in booking then? Like how far is this going to go until like basically the Saudi shows are like, yeah, Vince, Vince, you can just take it easy. You chill out. You have a seat in the arena, Vince. We'll take care of all this now.
0: Yeah, I kind of... I feel like it's just one of those things where they have X amount of shit that they're willing to put up with. And seeing mm. as most of that shit doesn't affect the people who are making the decisions, it's no skin off their nose. Like, mm. here's the thing. It's just there's a lot of things here that happen where, you know, it's it's it sucks so much for both the fans mm. and it sucks for the talent themselves. The oh, one yeah. that really struck me about this, and I was trying to find out about you know, things that happened in this Sadie show compared to other Sadie shows... Alexa Bliss and Natalia were put on a plane, Mm -hmm. 13 hours, mind, coach. You know, ain't a fucking nice journey. And they were under the impression that they were going to have their match. And they arrived. And the representatives of the royal family gave them a lunce over and thought, nah, you're not 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 tonight. And they were told no. Also put on these fucking big bin bags so no one can see you. You know, Jesus. And like stuff like that and that's before we get into the complexities of what we talked about before of you've got a very very authoritarian close-minded religiously controlled government mm-hmm. that is trying to put on a front about their views towards women and they're using the WWE to try and help tell that story and that's you know, I'm very happy for women to get an opportunity to wrestle and all that obviously then being able to drive without I've been put into prison for, for asking for that is probably more of a pressing concern yeah. for the women of Saudi Arabia just yet maybe and it's just I don't like using genuinely meaningful stuff to score very and I mean wafer thin, lighter than air political nice yeah. points. Because mm-hmm. it ain't gonna mean shit to anyone who doesn't like Saudi Arabia that fucking Lacey Evans laced them up against wow, Natalia, you know? It cool. doesn't mean anything to them. No, it so. doesn't. It's just demeaning to the light to those wrestlers. Cause you know what? Alexis and Natalia, I bet if they thought they were fucking being envoys for peace in the fucking yeah. new world, dude. I-, I bet
1: from their point of view it was like we're gonna make history, we've yeah. been invited to do this groundbreaking. I thing I drink that
0: Kool Aid, no fucking questions yeah.
1: asked. Of course you would, yeah, totally fucking sucks they go all that way just to be told to piss off again and nothing Kevin illustrates the kind of forgettable over-the-top bollocks of Saudi Arabia shows than the match that was directly before Undertaker versus Goldberg oh, what did we have I don't even remember this a 50-man battle royale come on 50 men in a
0: battle royal. Now, right, the greatest Royal Rumble had 50 people, but at least you had the length of time and the fact that you yep. didn't have enough wrestlers and them trying to you know, pretend Yokozuna was still alive. Yeah. There was a bit of magic in the air that night. Nice.
1: Just chucking man... out a 50 man battle royal to fill space on a card. These shows are fucking absurd. If I was
0: doing a 50 man battle royal, I would have thrown in Natalia and Alexa in there under Sneak a them lunch, in there. Sneak him in there and just go, yep. fuck you, like, see if you can notice. Like. <laughs> You texted me at the start of this and you said, Kevin, like how was it? hang on, I've got the message here. Okay,
1: it's got the verbiage. Let's
0: get the verbiage here. This came from Adam this morning. Jesus Christ, I just started the Goldberg match, which is the main event of this Sadie show, and there's still 20 fucking minutes left on the runtime.
1: I had no idea this was a long shit match. I didn't. I thought, Bill Goldberg, as bad as it is, it'll be four or five minutes at least.
0: Okay, now, I did time the entrances for this so we can declare Mm. the, the winner. Adam, we had a long preamble before the match started. I will say for the 20 minutes of runtime that was left less than half of it involved an actual wrestling match <laughs> yeah. less than a third of it nearly less than a third of it give me an over under what do you reckon goldberg undertaker the entrances how long do you think they took
1: i'm going to guess goldberg's was 4 minutes i'm going to say undertaker's was 6 minutes
0: ooh adam bibbo oh. you win the
1: prize oh shit goldberg
0: was 421 man nice <laughs> <laughs> You see, because
1: if you add Goldberg and Undertaker's shoe sizes together, I, no, it doesn't work. <laughs> <sorry>. <laughs> and the Undertaker, six minutes eight
0: seconds for his oh. entrance. But that—the thing about that—that that included a ninety-two-second pre-entrance where they had a special pre-theme, like you know the TNA or about... yeah, you know. So we got to have a, a minute thirty-two of Undertaker really thinking about it coming out. <laughs> I will say Goldberg coming out already
1: bleeding well this actually is my grunt of the match here is at the start <laughs> at the entrance where are
0: we? we're not even in the in the fucking arena yet where are
1: we <laughs> at the start when you see goldberg's usual entrance you cut back backstage to his dressing room and the tiny man gives a little knock on the door and then afterwards you hear goldberg headbutt the door and you hear him go ah <laughs>
0: I did like in the documentary Before they got into the match They showed you like a split second of Goldberg Before the match And he looked fucked He looked so fucked And he's like Well ha, It's a big match you know, you know Big legend Saudi Arabia man Yeah It's just big big mm. energy Like when the Louis Theroux You've got one second You know you get That exact
1: energy there But yeah From the headbutt He's got like a little A teeny tiny little red gash On the top of his head Because he hit the door A little too hard I think And
0: I've got some quotes here from Goldberg. Woof! HAP! And then
1: mouthing, oh God. (laughs) You know what? As much as I don't want to admit it, his entrance works on me so easily. Even here! Even here, Saudi Arabia coming out to do a fucking match where I know that he's going to nearly kill Bugger Red. I still couldn't help but feel the hype of his entrance. It's that good.
0: Oh, Adam, I don't know now. Because with Undertaker, you can have the preamble. Goldberg... We were on to verse two, three. By the time Goldberg got to the ring, it's like, and after all. (laughs) He went on and on and on. Did you know what happened to him? Why he had that little ding on his forehead? Well, he headbutted the door, didn't he, when he made that little noise and he went, ah. Allegedly allegedly Mm. why what went down went down is that Goldberg gave the locker a bit of a headbutt to psych himself up as he liked to do and he gave himself a bit of a cut and he also Mm -hmm. allegedly had a concussion as well which explains why there's this big long gap where we're waiting is that he does the walk and then at Gorilla he gets stopped and they give him like the fucking Daniel Bryan what's two times two test you know, so he's there, like, trying to do some fucking integration or whatever it is differentiation before he can go out and do his match. Could you imagine? <laughs> Hands on his hips.
1: I'm not conclust. The main event at the Super Showdown. They're playing Goldberg's music, and then, what, like, no one comes out, and they're like, Ladies and gentlemen, Goldberg has suffered a concussion on his way to the ring. You can all go home now. <laughs>
0: could you imagine he looks like gilberg on titan here this is not fucking yeah. goldberg and it's oh, you know it's bad when he's out and straight away renee's there with the vince mcmahon verbiage goldberg looks like a million bucks i don't think i've ever seen goldberg look this good or this
1: fucking sweaty stop this fucking bollocks of being like wow i've never seen them look this tough before like no one <laughs> buys it and you sound stupid for saying it wow goldberg looks like he's going to
0: deliver a really great match here guys i think we should just like kind of keep our expectations and our happiness level at this <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) the next like nine minutes regardless of what happens i feel like we've been given the match advertised
1: already so there's a chance that goldberg is already concussed pre-match because i will say he is by the end of the match he's definitely definitely concussed (laughs) more more than a little bit but (laughs) he at the very least had his bell
0: rung a little bit mm. because whatever happened, he passed the fucking blink test or whatever. He was able to like... Yeah. The, the last bit of that walk up to the ring you didn't see was him having to like walk and touch his fingers <laughs> off his nose and do the alphabet backwards. And then he's allowed to come out and go, Jah! and do the fireworks <laughs> and all that. Koberg's in a new state of mind, which means that he comes out doing his little whistle face because he is sucking wind hard. He's like... Mm. Oh Bill He looks he looks fucking petrified And he's so scared at him Goldberg starts doing his new taunts Did you see him? No he's got new taunts Yeah he does like half a bushwhacker thing Where he's like bah, And he lifts oh. up his arm And then he's in the ring walking around going Thanks for coming out everybody Yeah <laughs> Fucking hell man That's some dodgy shit right there Really fucking dodgy Right Undertaker He's got a, more than an entrance He's got a pre-entrance
1: yeah, like you mentioned, he's got the pre-entrance with all these fucking druids. There's like a hundred caskets on the stage. The druids, they come out with flame torches. Fuck me. How hot is that going to be now? It's fucking melting, mate. <laughs> Those guys are like going to get hotter than 37. They're literally going to die. Get get them away from the fire. And they come out with their fire and then they go away again. And then the Undertaker comes out. It's literally just a fucking waste of everyone's time. Like, come on, let's make it last a little longer, guys. The
0: crowd are like, I feel for them Because they're making the noise To let you know That they want to be there They like Undertaker mm-hmm. They like yeah. Goldberg They're here for it all But the confusion is, is is very readable From the crowd From the fact that They just keep going Like yay And then they're like well, What's fucking happening now Is he coming out or not I don't know if people Can't see well enough You get a lot mm-hmm. of like A lot of movement Behind the royal family Let's just say As the match yeah. goes on There's like it looks like people are trying to beat the traffic, even though I think they're just probably trying to get to a point in the stadium where they can fucking see something. Did you catch
1: Michael Cole's strange verbiage when The Undertaker finally emerged?
0: The best pure striker.
1: <laughs> the Pale Rider has returned.
0: For fuck's
1: sake. All right, the cool.
0: Pale Rider. The Pale Rider. Don't call him the horseman of the apocalypse that rides. like. Come on. You, you pestilence you don't want to be coming too close to that now with Undertaker this current fucking state that he's in
1: I mean I thought death rode a pale horse but the pale rider makes me think that he is pale himself when he's coming out here looking like a fucking pumpkin rolling down to the ring like he is bright orange Michael Cole
0: yes he is the orange rider fucking it looks like the headless horseman here There's like a pumpkin coming out
1: <laughs> I was going to say Kraft Punk from the Eric Andre show <laughs>
0: So, we got a big stare down to complete silence. Mm. And in the silence, there is a (laughs) grudge. Jesus Christ. And we're going for the full... Paul Heyman's hands are all over this one. Big bash him, crash him robot action. Straight in with the spear. And another one. Two spears in. And this is Mm -hmm. my second time watching the match. And I was like, okay. First time watching this, I remember being like dead on arrival. But... Mm here um there's something here the yeah. first two spears this the grunge and the stare down
1: and then the yeah. spear there's always going to get a reaction for that that's it the, the, the opening of this match is literally like oh my god it is the undertaker versus goldberg holy shit it's actually happening and then yeah the wheels very quickly fall off the car
0: what you realized after this was that you can get the exact same feeling with a lot less worry and a lot less bullshit to deal with if you just put Goldberg in there with Dolph Ziggler instead. <laughs>
1: you oh, I was gonna say you just simulate this on two K twenty, like and be like, No one has to get hurt this way, we can just make the computer do it for us. I mean you know, I remember the days you could make jokes about like, you know, simulating
0: something on a two K game and it would actually work and people would be like, What are those those, those weird games uh... with the skeletons, you mean? Like <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you don't need to go to Fight Island to watch some cool MMA. And I was wondering when Joe Rogan and Undertaker were talking about, you know, all the cool stuff like, you know, video games and killing your colleagues and stuff like that. If they were like, you know, can you bring it up there on the YouTube? Can you bring it up there? I want to bring it up on the screen on on YouTube there. I want to see Undertaker do his cool MMA with Goldberg where he goes... Uh, and they fall over and like you have to imagine if dinosaurs were like fish and they needed water to survive and then they were out of water and there's like that big kind of fucking like meat tornado happening here as these two lads try to oh I think he's got a heel hook Michael Cole
1: yeah no Corey you're
0: right I'm watching the ultimate fire I think it is a heel hook oh he's taking the wheel out from underneath him
1: for fuck's <laughs> sake they look like... I think it was Billy described someone in the past as the way they moved looked like a little boy had made a wish to be big and then became these guys. Because they just they don't look like they know how their bodies operate.
0: Yeah, this this match is almost as problematic as the movie Big. Like, it's pretty <laughs> fucked up. Yeah, that, that uh, MMA analysis is brought to you by Zion and Zenergy right there, folks, just so you know. Renee Young, I don't know why, if she's being... You know, I love I love Renee. I love seeing her podcast where she's just like, I'm gonna talk shit and I don't care who the fuck listens <laughs> Fucking great inspiration for a podcast, Renee. <laughs> and I don't know if it's she's like, you know what? I don't give a shit. I'm gonna say what I want and mm-hmm. like make you seem stupid, or if they are deliberately feeding her the clunkiest fucking lines yeah. ever. Because Renee always got fed the fucking shitty Vince McMahon ho ho line. She always got the short end of the stick, but some of these ones goldberg proven that he's that iconic ass kicking guy here that's after they slip out of the, the heel hook right before he runs into the post and fucking kills himself goldberg looks like a million bucks here to guys uh, a million bucks a
1: million bucks mm. no, goldberg's being paid a million bucks that's different <laughs> i mean it's the same as last time we did a saudi show that like renee ...doesn't have the same level of enthusiasm... ...she would bring to a regular pay-per-view in my opinion... ...you wouldn't if you were commentating in a bin bag
0: though... ...would you? So, Course what the not. Fuck? Now I know Adam... ...there's something that happens in wrestling... ...that makes you fucking giddy as can be... ...and it's when blood gets a little too much... ...too quick... ...and when Goldberg decides to do a move... ...that I think has got a success rate of less than 20%... ...in his career... ...of mm. running into the turnbuckle... ...and he bops that
1: face... ...oh boy... <laughs> This is mad. Like, I didn't realize it was so instantaneous. Where Goldberg runs, oh, he hit the post there, and uh, this is blood everywhere so quickly.
0: It reminds me, like, if you ever played a game like, that like has a gore meter on it, like Fallout Two or something back in the day, and you're like a kid, you're like, oh no no, put it on maximum, yeah, and then you, you actually play, like, oh god, okay, I, will, I will actually dial it down a bit, though. I'm still wicked bad, obviously, but I will <laughs> take it down to a seven because this is a. Bit- Fucking too much here. I went out of my way to try and find before we recorded today as many clips from Goldberg and Undertaker talking about this. And mm. Goldberg was not a happy camper about this match, and he certainly wasn't happy about the kind of narrative that happened afterwards that he fucked up. Oh, not happy with that
1: at all. I mean. <laughs> I can't really see any of the big, big blown moments in the match that were anyone else's fault. Like, you know, we're we're hardly big fans of Buggerhead here, but this time it really does feel like... It it feels like Bill was the one that let the team down here. I mean, what's his defense? Like, how does he make out that this isn't his fault, Kevin?
0: I mean, it's not much of a defense. And the funny thing is, one of the main interviews I saw, it's on Booker T's Hall of Fame podcast. Mm. And uh, I fucking love that podcast because Booker T buried like he's such a political bet like he's a political fucking he's looking after arlington cemetery there he knows where the bodies are buried and he's buried a few along the way himself right. and he's there he, i don't think he realizes half the time that it's also filmed as a video podcast because <laughs> there's this bit where he's there with his co-host and they're like bill why would you go and do that move you're the one in the corner because I remember in WCW, like, every time you went for that move, you pretty much fucked yourself up. And then he goes, and I remember the first time you did it, you fucked it up as well. And Bill starts going like, well, I won't know what to say about that Like every time it's happened like that. And as soon as he says it, Booker T turns to his co-hosts as if to say, I told you he'd fucking start talking this shit. Here we fucking go. Here we fucking go. Like that little, the raised eyebrow and the big eyes. For fuck's sake. And the main thrust of Goldberg's defense, and I don't blame him because it's what they did. It's like, look... You point me out there and you say, go be Goldberg and you fucking Mm -hmm. pull my string. I'm going to headbutt lockers. I'm going to go out a hundred miles an hour and I'm going to fucking wrestle like I've only ever known how to wrestle, Mm -hmm. which is to run out at a hundred miles an hour and be Goldberg. And unless you tell me to do something differently, I'm going to go out and do it. It was too hot. I ran out of gas. I made mistakes. And then I hurt my head. He didn't admit to having a concussion or anything. He just said, you know, what happened happened. And then it was a bit muddy from there. But he said that, mentally he was fine after the match right physically he was fine spiritually he didn't want to get into
1: now that to me says that he is actually kind of taking the blame for the match going wrong he's just maybe a bit more defensive about like but i'm not old and broken like i'm still i'm in mint condition mate it's my fault the match was shit but i'm fine don't worry about old bill
0: bill is you know he wears his heart in his sleeve which means mm. that he will let you know when you have gotten to him and yeah. you know he he does he did this tweet after the match where it's like well i left it all in the ring out there tonight you know for those who support me thank you for those of you who found enjoyment for other reasons i hope you were entertained and say like, oh yeah. come on bill Aww. like you know i would feel so much more happy and less worried about the rest if shit shows like this happen if they just like almost went like they did with Kane and DX last time I' like fuck it like you know we just we it's fucked a train up wreck. anyway yeah. it was a train wreck and I don't know how that is allowed to be perceived as a train wreck and that this is some sort of a fucking spiritual nightmare it's because you're dealing with Bill's fucking
1: hurt feelings I guess so they knew at this point because I didn't know about that pre-match concussion that you were talking about that's suspected still concussion. suspected there's a lot yeah. there's a lot of bullshit about this because you and I started looking
0: up as well about fights after the match and that's apparently bullshit as well mm. so
1: but I will say if they'd already had suspicions that Bill was concussed and then you see him run head first into a ring post and by the time he hits the mat he's already covered in blood would you not maybe have some medical people go out and give him the old once-over in the ring? Like, I don't care if it's the main event in a Saudi show. Like, this is the kind of shit, you, if it was Daniel Bryan that did that, you'd be oh, like, yeah. stop the match. Stop it right fucking now. He's getting out of here. He's fucking fired for that. Quickly, like, stop the match and show a, a video
0: highlight package of him being
1: tender so people are like,
0: oh, he can't really wrestle. Yeah, himself. we need to embarrass him
1: as much as possible with this.
0: Better take two years away from his career. Thanks mm-hmm. again for that. I will literally never forgive you for no. that
1: be the But with Goldberg and Undertaker, or it's like uh, the referee can have a glance at him and then they'll just carry on and do everything else the way they're- it's so hypocritical yeah
0: the referee's like Ooh, we'll put on a second pair of gloves shall I like, yeah, fuck is- fuck and off. look as if the warning signs weren't there Adam when Goldberg was on his way to the ring his blood was doing as good a job as possible of trying to get out of his body without <laughs> there being any opening whatsoever he there's, you see it over his eyebrow... The right side of his head... There's a little mm. lick just there... A little, little tiny cut... And the speed that you mentioned... That blood comes out... That's showing you how fast his heart is beating... Yes... Because I he's did. so hot... His body is desperately trying to cool himself down... By just fucking making him beat Red... Mm-hmm. And if you're at that point already going into the match... Once you start moving... And those muscles Fuck. start turning on... You're done... There's not enough yeah. gas in for that fucking tank of yours... Mm-hmm. Oh, and fucking hell... You wouldn't mind... As soon as he hits that fucking post and he turns around. Renee Young, Goldberg's wife and son in attendance here tonight, no! Cole. Why? Why? Renee's no. got a fucking sizzle reel coming out of this one, folks. Oh, 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 oh no. And Renee's got that one and then Michael Cole, he says, The Undertaker, he's the best pure striker in the WWE. <laughs> the way he made Goldberg's head strike that post just now. <laughs> and I counted... 15 seconds later not to be outdone Corey gray says that he is falling victim to the best pure striker in the wwe twice that i thought that was hyperbole on our part we like to have fun here can we have something we can still make fun of that isn't just like (laughs) actually true anymore please we need to be able to exaggerate and they're making it hard for fuck's sake i'll tell you what though Undertaker busting out old school here. I was like, all right, Mark, you've earned my respect here because I know you can barely do that move anymore and you're doing this to buy time for this fucking broken up Goldberg. I mean,
1: surely he was going to do that anyway. I think no matter what, Undertaker, you can count on Chokeslam, Tombstone, old school Snake Eyes. Those are definitely going to happen without fail. The choke slam and the long setup for the choke slam. Taker
0: does a little squat to do it and then realizes if he waits squatting, his legs will probably fall off. So he has to stand Ooh. up a little bit again. He's like, making the whole time, please, please, oh. please, Bill, just please take, take it. Oh, we're a long way from done here, folks. Long way. It's time for a move that was so salacious that they decided not to include it in the recap of this match. And I distinctly remember. Alright, Goldberg may have tried to break Undertaker's neck, but he gave as good as he got because Undertaker tried to break Goldberg's neck first.
1: Yeah, honestly, we'll get to it in a minute, but that recap package will basically have you believe that Undertaker was immaculate and Goldberg messed up this match. What did you do, Goldberg? Why did you do that? Well, maybe because
0: he got dropped after the spear and the Mm -hmm.
1: alleged concussion. That tombstone whoa that was scary i would have fucking skipped the tombstone altogether like it is not worth the risk with a man goldberg size to drop him on his fucking head like i've seen
0: pictures from because they cut when he does the tombstone it's like the kevin dunn fucking you know you're doing your finisher in smackdown here comes the pain so it pauses (laughs) and spins around all the lights go off (laughs) and they do a different camera angle or 10 here i saw pictures from the his head completely to the side it's, Jesus. it's scary it's like when stevie richards took the styles clash from from aj and tna there's another you google that one as well if you want to see another right. fucking scary neck angle and the oh. fact that he didn't break his actual neck there i think it's solely the fact that goldberg's neck was so thick and meaty big wellington of beef around his neck i think it protected him
1: <laughs> jeez we do get a great grunt though here i will say Taker throws Bill into the corner and goes, yep, "You!" It's a classic, <laughs> classic Mark Calloway. All Still right. got it.
0: I've got this theory. I need to. I need to know it. Does he grow less when he's a little
1: embarrassed about what's going on? Because he was like a little. What do like, you think? Yew. I don't know if I don't know if emotions come into play with the Undertaker's grunting. I think it's still a purely mechanical, primal. I will say Undertaker is very much an ooh grunter as opposed to an ah. I don't think he does any ah kind of grunts, but you get plenty of oo. Ooh, ooh, ooh. It's very ooey. Just to check with you, this isn't the match where Undertaker leans on the ropes and goes. <laughs> So no, that's not, not this week. I, it must be the next episode of The Last Ride, the final chapter. Little spoiler, folks. Undertaker at some point will throw. He it, it, it throws someone he's training with into the ropes, and he goes.
0: B-goo. Just recapping that great Brian Zane uh, story. I think is all that's happening there. Well,
1: no. I, I just I need to get a cuckoo clock now, where a little Mark Calloway comes out and goes. B-goo, b-goo, every time. <laughs>
0: Oh God! Undertaker gets another spear, and then we set up for the jackhammer. And I was like, pausing it, like, right, getting myself all right. Here we go! Here it comes! This is it! The fucking line of commentary. Like, we've come a long way because I love Goldberg deep down, Uh I do. And I, 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 like in How to, I tried so hard to make Joe understand Goldberg. I like became a Goldberg mark in the process because I like, but I can see it now. You have to. And there's that moment where he lifts up Hollywood Hogan in the fucking Georgia Dome. Mm-hmm. 60,000 people. And just before he gets him for that jackhammer. Bobby Heenan, who spent his whole career hating Goldberg, who finally finds himself in circumstance to see Goldberg take down Hogan. And Heenan just goes, when he picks him up, this whole place is going to go unglued. And everyone stands to their feet. It's a magic moment. And from a lifelong WBF fan, I argue to say one of the most, if not the most magic moment from the Monday Night Wars. Wow! Here we get Michael Cole going. He can't do this. And then he just, <laughs> just do the jackhammer. Oh, no. And <laughs> as he's dropping him on the head, Renee Young goes, no way. Didn't
1: get all of it.
0: He got some of it, though. That's that's the exchange we get. He got yeah. some of it, though. Imagine if he broke his neck there. He got some of yeah. it, though. He got some of it. Oh, leave him alone. He's doing his best. He did the move, didn't he? He... Did that and then afterwards they're like right into the next spot lads here we go time to do the spot you couldn't
1: do fucking three years ago against Roman they tried to do the reverse tombstone tombstone?" yeah that's not gonna happen of course that's not gonna happen Roman Reigns was in fucking tremendous shape when you tried it with him and not concussed it is not gonna happen with this guy
0: Goldberg hasn't got enough blood left in his body to do this move (laughs) I christen this maneuver the tomb flop shite driver
1: Oh, driver is way too <laughs> nice there, Kevin. It's just a tomb flop shite. Yeah, full okay. stop.
0: And then he hits him. I've, I've, I've taken a few of these in my time. The fucking playground choke slam at the end there. Ooh! Not an actual
1: chokeslam. I was only playing wrestling. That chokeslam, I was like, oh, jeez, that's rough. Well, I guess the next one will be be better. Oh, no, that's the match finished. That's that's the end. Jesus Christ.
0: Undertaker wins a battle that renders him
1: furious. (laughs) He's he's fucking raging, Never seen him like that. No, never, ever. (laughs) You want to talk about the guy is such a professional he always keeps it in check this time he couldn't help it the mask slipped he is fucking pissed off Kevin. and you know what adam i was as well because this is the second Mm. time i'd
0: watched this and it lost the kind of spectacle effect and i was very angry until michael cole brought me back into the broad church of wwe the big tent folks we don't know how many more of these he has left savour it jeez all right wow make the most of that glorious experience folks oh did did your did your granddad say a lot of racist stuff at thanksgiving did he well look savour it because we don't know how (laughs) we don't know how many more of these you have left all right he
1: probably won't remember it next one so it's
0: (laughs) it's, it's nice, okay adam How would you describe their recap of what went down in Jeddah?
1: I think to describe it best, you have to contrast it to the last recap where they did the DX match. Yeah, that was like, oh no, the match has gone wrong, but we're going to have a good time anyway, folks. Let's just have a laugh with the boys in the glorious kingdom of Saudi Arabia. Oh no! But you take out the DX lads and you put in a WCW guy and then suddenly it's like... This is a travesty. Something terrible has happened today in the WWE.
0: Suddenly, you press one key on the on the piano and then echo it for an hour.
1: They make out like Goldberg fucking pissed on the flag here. Like it's like he was entirely responsible for this. This is entirely on Goldberg. He and didn't show match, up, Adam. He didn't show up. Yeah. The match was a tragedy. It was a scary tragedy that shook Undertaker and his family to the core. Like they are well harsh. We did not see
0: in the recap that. Pretty much any of the stuff the taker did wrong. Like nope. we didn't see the fucking nope. you know, the the neck breaker, sorry, the tombstone pile driver. <laughs> uh, we, we we didn't see that. We saw the part of the tomb flop where it looked like Goldberg just decided we're not doing this. Like there was yep. like you could blame Goldberg for a lot of the misgivings and the failings in that match. Mm. But as Undertaker is meant to be if he's the lad who's not concussed, or he's the lad who's the ring general or in better shape or is more used to how the two of them fucking wrestled in Saudi Arabia or whatever surely he knows after being dropped on his head take a beat take a pause yeah it's not like we're going out live on pay-per-view we haven't got direct tv breathing down our necks That's true the shareholders aren't going to be like hey you had an extra 10 minutes at saudi we can yep. keep rolling mm-hmm. just take a fuck i would have not been very angry if they took a breath but it's yeah. taker deciding to go right into that sequence he's the one who really fucked it because he fucked the end of the match
1: then that's true i hadn't thought of that to be honest i mean i know i said myself before that i blame goldberg for this match going wrong and i think i do i mean taker did mess a couple of things up but i do think this largely stops with goldberg because he's the one that fucking butted a post midway through the match but or he's... as undertaker says he had like a
0: head injury in inverted commas oh, i don't know man not a real man it was what it was but... real man you know
1: what I take serious issue with is just, yeah, the way they recap this and the way they edit it, because last time a match went horribly wrong and it was like Waka Waka, we had a silly time in Saudi Arabia. Poor Undertaker, his head wasn't quite in the game, but oh well, at least we had fun along the way, didn't we? This time it just feels like fuck Bill Goldberg, he nearly killed the Undertaker.
0: So Undertaker didn't have any problems with the family or Michelle or Anthony didn't want to go into any detail about this time like he did last time then I'm assuming this is all on Goldberg then is what it was That's it it.
1: because I don't really want to blame stuff on Triple H or Sean or Kane those are my boys but Bill I'll gladly throw him under the bus sure
0: yeah, like Gober comes out there, like you know, fucking hooked up to a drip because he's probably dehydrated. To fucking oh. Eric Bischoff slips him the payday, brother. You did <laughs> it, man. We got him in the end. Yeah, <laughs> the Monday Night Wars rage in the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia.
1: Fuck's sake.
0: Undertaker then has this weird like, is it me? Is there something wrong with me? Am I not? Am I not good enough anymore, man? Like, what? What? What's going on here? And like, it's a real awkward transition to get from what happened there to this like. This non issue that, like, all of oh, a sudden he has another, like, what mini crisis of confidence. The reality is, is, the line has slipped in there. Oh, we decided we're going to do extreme rules before Saudi Arabia, so I guess we're doing yep. extreme rules still. And yeah, it's not a self confidence reason he's doing it. If anything, self confidence is the one thing that would stop him from doing it.
1: That doesn't stop the documentary from fucking hitting you over the head with this again. Plenty more shots of Undertaker looking out of windows and being like, I don't know, man. Maybe it could be Tam. Like, it, th- this is really grating on me now that it's like constantly, yep, yeah, we know, we get it. You've made this point already a hundred times. Can we move on?
0: Undertaker teaming up with Roman Reigns is a bad idea any day of the week because <laughs> all it does is remind me of the failure of that match to get yep. him over, you know? Yep. And, I mean. <sighs> I remember like, you you told me this match happened and I fucking reviewed it for how to and I was yeah. like what this what it's so fucking lest we forget that Shane McMahon was the main character in wrestling for fucking two years <laughs> and they're making out again the same old bang and drum that they're doing here oh he's addicted Triple H talks about addiction yeah HBK talks a little bit more knowingly about addiction and he says Oh, you yeah, know addiction is bad even the even the healthy stuff. <laughs> <And> describing <laughs> wrestling in your 50s as the healthy stuff.
1: No, no, no. Uh Uh-uh. No, that's not going to fly. That ain't it, Sean.
0: It's a healthy bank account you're thinking of again, Sean. It happens.
1: Did you get the bit here where you see Undertaker and AJ Styles backstage getting chewed out by the catering lady? No. There's a catering lady backstage that's like, I can't believe you two. You know, you two are the only two that drink this shit right here. And AJ Styles is like, hey, man, come on. Me and Mark love our DDP. And Undertaker's like, what are you talking boy? DDP? And he's like, diet Dr. Pepper, man. Oh, I thought they're talking about like
0: spit, like dip juice, you know, like.
1: Oh shit! She has like a big fucking flask of dip at the table. Yeah, the catering, that's right. Like... You have
0: to empty it into, you're the only guys who you know, recycle and drink your own dip juice,
1: you know. <laughs> you know those coffee heaters where you push down on the lid and it comes out of a tap, like.
0: Oh no! I thought you meant it was like um like a cafetiere and the gauze is pushing down and all the, the floating <laughs> oh, tube to push out the, the oils. Jesus. I uh, guess what Adam mm? Undertaker is someone to become.
1: A parody! A parody wow! Yay. No way! We got him! Wow, we're learning lots this week, Kevin.
0: Yeah, like, The Undertaker was affected by the PG era as well. Not only Nikki Bella, but also The Undertaker had to wear a less low-cut top. They've uh, brought it up there. None of that, none of that cleavage action from Undertaker. Yeah. No
1: cleavage. No, very conservative for The Undertaker.
0: So what, did you, like, forget your bag this time as well and hope that you wouldn't have to wrestle? So they gave you a bin man's clothes. Oh. <laughs> it's shit. What the fuck, yeah. Undertaker? Like, come on. I've seen him posing... With cosplay fans. With him kind of pulling the face. That are better dressed than he is here.
1: I don't get it. I don't get why he's tweaking with his look. Maybe he's self-conscious or something. But he looks way better with his regular gear.
0: He did not... And I'll tell you right now. He didn't need to do this match. No. The match was... F- match was fine it was better than all of the other matches but the match was better because it had shay mcmahon and drew mcintyre and fucking elias and all these people on, like had all these extra helpers on the outside oh mm-hmm. yeah and roman and drew who are like the two fucking top workers in the yeah. company you know like
1: you'll be grand <laughs> like you know and before we get to the match itself you just get this shot of undertaker like ruminating on it and saying how like i don't know man this could be it this could be the one like yeah really you're gonna have a tag team match with shea mcmahon in the opening slot of extreme rules and be like oh i'm happy with that i'm gonna retire no chance fucking no chance of this being your final match stop pretending cut to the recap of this match which is so throwaway you know i didn't oh, know did, worth- did you not watch the match oh shit i did i watched the whole thing oh,
0: s- <laughs> all right folks editorial note here unfortunately for adam he watched this match
1: And i, I thought I- we were watching both of them this week
0: yeah, my mind was firmly in the kingdom of Jeddah unfortunately. So, uh Adam, what any 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 highlights from this tag team match player where you're going to be teaming up with The
1: Undertaker? <laughs> it very much had the vibe of Everyone be really nice to The Undertaker because he had a rough go of it in Saudi Arabia. So we're just going to make him feel as good about himself as possible. Come on, team. We can all do this for Mark. It really had this big vibe of like, Ooh, Undertaker, don't get me. You're so big and menacing. Like, ah. The highlight for me is in the front row. There is a big, big sign someone wrote in capital letters saying, Taker, please stop which I thought was very appropriate. <laughs> Jesus. He, he would have seen please that. Please stop. Please. Not even like just retire or anything, but like, please, sincerely from a fan, please stop. I don't want you to hurt yourself.
0: A, I've not seen that level of like, you know, simultaneous... Worry and weariness Since like mm-hmm. Big show in 2006 Where it's like Please just Retire Please Yeah For your
1: safety And everyone else's Oh of course This is one of the many WWE matches Of the modern era Where we have Three of the four participants Have long black greasy hair And black facial hair And then fucking Elias interferes So there's like Four of them In one match together well,
0: Seth Rollins was waiting In the wings as well <laughs> Like you know <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ know uh, it doesn't say A lot about it Does it The fact that Everyone who they have waiting in the wings is like a buffer, more handsome, young fucking guy with the same look that Undertaker is filling in with a Sharpie pen. Yeah, honestly. You know, it's, uh, Sad. The more I think about it, the more I think that fucking shaved head look was the fucking saving
1: grace of that period of his career shaved head was cool I actually liked it a lot more than most people and I know I've said this before but I still can't help but feel just stop dyeing the hair just come out with grey undertaker I would have really fucking loved that it would have made him seem even more legendary because he's so old what was the commentary like here because at the end of this match
0: (laughs) I do distinctly remember them beating the them bringing out the better than ever I've no
1: not the better than ever it was the
0: I've never seen the undertaker
1: never
0: I've not seen
1: We'll skip right to the end because it looks like the baddies have got the drop on Undertaker and Roman. But then Undertaker does his big sit-up and Shane is so scared by the sit-up that he actually scooches closer to the Undertaker because he wasn't in the right position. Cool. Choke slams to everyone. Tombstone pile driver gets the pin ending. It was literally just, that was a match. It could have main evented Raw maybe. I think the best bit of it is that visual at the end
0: of Taker doing the, the throat slash and Drew appearing behind
1: him yes yeah right before the end of the match and again
0: you're talking about stuff that's like hey the cool thing happened between the two lads who will be main eventing Mm. wrestlemania this year like obviously like
1: it's there yeah it's it's for them undertaker gets the tombstone gets the pin that was just a regular match then we button it up with michael Cole going i can't remember seeing the undertaker looking that damn good that damn good such fucking blatant lies like literally no one will believe you why say it but like michelle's
0: saying like i could tell he was feeling it because he was hitting the ring step with his foot
1: uh yeah the bit michelle's talking about is when undertaker isn't in the match because undertaker is stood in the corner waiting for the tag and he's all fired up michelle's like oh yeah he's into it he can still go let's wait till he actually gets in the ring i think before we pass any judgment on that
0: so this is probably as much protection as you could be afforded in a mm-hmm. WWE match, you know, tag match with the top guys and a high profile heel who you can beat without there being any like, oh, old guy beats. No one's yep. going to play the old guy beats Shane McMahon. No one complains nah, about that. of course that. not. So this is like a special, special match just for Mark, but it was so out of
1: place randomly over the summer. Don't know. Don't know what it was about. Honestly, the fact they put it on the opening of Extreme Rules makes me feel like it was just kind of a throwaway. Yeah, yeah, we'll get this out of the way. Put it at the start because people will like it, but we really don't care. Like it, We it, couldn't have any investment in this match. It
0: was the first time where I got a sense that, you know, Goldberg has got X amount of matches on his per year or whatever. Yeah. And I kind of felt like, right, they're being careful enough with these. There's times they brought in Goldberg, you know, like at WrestleMania last year where it's like, we mm-hmm. need someone to fill a hole. But with Taker, it feels like they were just trying to, run it down you know like look oh, yeah. look oh you've had your pay-per-view match with the champ oh you know oh, finish up there now off you go off you yeah, go off you go <laughs> you know it, it feels like they were running out the clock here on The Undertaker's career it was kind of sad you told me and Jesus I know the fucking pandemic has knocked us all for six for, for many reasons Mm. grasp of time being one of them mm. you said to me this was the last match taker had in front of a live crowd
1: yes uh, I mean unless you want to include there is going to be one more thing in Saudi Arabia he takes part in a gauntlet match where he literally comes out his I don't know, is it still on yeah he's still got his hat and his jacket on he does a tombstone so if we're not including that then this is his last actual bell to bell match in front of a live arena
0: fucking hell
1: yeah weird There's isn't no
0: it no way in hell this is it no way in hell i don't i don't believe no that either i mean i, I feel like way.
1: we need to try and keep a lid on the retirement chat till maybe the end of the series i think i think when we reach the end of the last ride yeah. we'll, we'll get into this proper deep dive yeah. but i think yeah for now neither of us are actually expecting this to stick this time but if this is the last time he wrestles in front of a live crowd then it could have been worse he didn't make any big mistakes there was no big boo-boos or anything
0: it was a grand match you you had your usual high spots but it's one of these things where like Shane McMahon doing a fucking elbow drop to the outside like you know I watched WrestleMania 17 the other day that's fucking 20 Mm -hmm. years ago you're doing the same shtick like I get it like you know I've seen it
1: (laughs) that doesn't stop the fucking last ride from doing the big recap with the whoa things are a little bit awesome when they took on the Undertaker at Extreme Rules they didn't make out like this was a cool and counter
0: kevin i uh, don't forget to head over to wbshop.com to get the exclusive vincent man undertaker i'm done we can talk about it no i, I really think physically i'm done Ooh. t-shirt available now 10% off using the code no i'm done for serious now oh whoa whoa, whoa. the captions deliberately did not capture what vince was quite clearly saying at points because he was oh, like really vince was literally saying like i don't think you want to talk about this i don't think he was literally saying you're not done uh-huh you're not and undertaker's like no it's it's not there and vince goes wait it's it's all there mm-hmm. your chiming was there your presence your your mystique and Undertaker's like my body's not there i'm not I'm, i can't do it I'm, and he said i don't want to spring it on you i know i'm springing it on you now but I need you to know that I am done. Like, Mm -hmm. I can't go out and do that again. And it's the only time I've really seen him on this series where he comes back and he's not like, damn, could have done better. I could have got it. This went wrong. Damn, my head wasn't in the right place. He feels like he's come out here with no excuses, Mm -hmm. nice little match, and he thinks, I don't want to do the nice little match. That's not what I want my career to be. And I don't Mm -hmm. blame him for arriving at that conclusion. The same thing happened to Bruno Sammartino. Bruno Sammartino you know wound his career down in the early 80s and then hogan came along with vince and he signed a contract to say like like taker did where I'll do a few appearances here and there he had like one or two matches with his son and one where he teamed with hogan and then he literally turned and said i can't do it anymore and it's not because bruno got great reactions when he came out and did those spots it felt great all the old guy and the new guy here together but Mm -hmm. he himself could tell what was going on Inside his body, and he didn't want that to be his career, so he said no thanks. And I don't think Undertaker can stand up to Vince like Bruno could because no, that's Vince's dad's guy, and Vince is scared of him, I guess. Yeah,
1: and Vince has had thirty years of knowing what buttons to push to get Mark Calloway to do exactly what he wants him to do. Like it's pretty clear that Vince is good at manipulating him, so. And that, that's one of the reasons why I don't think he's still retired now because you know, if yeah. Vince McMahon makes that phone call, he could get him back on the next show as easily as he wanted to.
0: We saw more of Vince and Undertaker together in this than mm, in any other episode and yeah. I didn't like it, Adam. I, I no. usually
1: love seeing Vince Shooting the shit with people. Same. Usually that's fun, but this time it just made me really uncomfortable. I don't like their interactions.
0: No, I don't like seeing someone having shit patter with someone when you know as soon as they're gone, there's much different much different tone of conversation that's yes. happening about that person.
1: That said, there is one line Vince said here that I do <laughs> I've become a little bit obsessed with. It's that exact... What was, it? was it this one? Oh, Jesus. It's, it's the exact conversation you just ran down where Vince is like, the timing was there. Everything was there. Undertaker was like, well, my body wasn't there. To which Vince just says, most important is this. <laughs> Something about him choosing to say the words in that order. Most important is this. <laughs> it really appeals to me. Well, I thought he was going like, to grab me. Like, but Mark, your body
0: was there. Look, look at the camera. It was, it's, it's right there. there.
1: there we we've got, got it on here. camera, pal.
0: You're here now
1: talking to me. Most <laughs> important is this. Most important is this. <laughs> is Adam going to be there? The paper around. <laughs> <But, laughs> right, right, right. Kevin... Oh.
0: Enough. We end on the fucking. This is this is fucking stupid. Triple H, it's not a loyalty <sighs> to Vince McMahon. It's not a loyalty to the money or the fame. Here it, or it It's the loyalty to this. It's loyalty to the dragon. <laughs> yes, Kevin <laughs> loyalty is
1: loyalty to not the exaggerating. That he is literally
0: says loyalty. Literally.
1: To- <laughs> loyalty to the dragon
0: the loyalty is to the dragon
1: and what an intriguing dragon it is Kevin
0: you you had to have been making that up an intriguing (laughs) dragon to chase nope he said it
1: no that is so this is the problem with the last ride is that we're known for our own brand of exaggerating and stretching the truth and making things out to be worse than they are we can't do that with this show because everything really is as bad as we said
0: Yeah, what happens is, is the verbiage in this documentary just comes across our podcast and it pierces it like a, like a sword. it. It pierces it like a, like a
1: sword. Plates and plates and plates of swords. Did you catch what was coming up next time on the last ride, Kevin?
0: Yeah, they just took random footage of Undertaker and AJ Styles being like, hey man. And then they're like, oh, are they plotting a boneyard match?
1: Well, obviously not because they don't know there's going to be a pandemic, but something's going down. And more specifically, we get Triple H on the next time as well, telling us, well, you know, when you're as good as AJ Styles is, that's an intriguing dragon to chase. So is AJ Styles a dragon? The dragon is going out on a high with a last match. The dragon represents having an amazing retirement match. AJ Styles is on the back of that dragon. Sorry, it's just a dragon there. Riding it like a dragonborn. And Undertaker wants to pierce the sky with a a sword to bring the dragon down from the clouds onto help onto the land help Kevin onto the land below where he can Kevin please come on. Uh,
0: How many more
1: dragon balls
0: does Undertaker need to do the last ride in part six?
1: However many it takes to intrigue himself.
0: (laughs) Right. Well, this documentary. May not be as good as it once was, but it's as as good as it'll ever be, I guess. Uh, Whatever. Oh. (laughs) Well, we wrapped up another edition of The Last Ride. Adam, the next episode is technically the last one, but then we have that little addendum that's coming after that as well. Next episode, what have we got coming up then? Is it the Boneyard
1: Challenge? Yeah, next episode is the Boneyard match. And then I'm just calling this as as a sort of a try and remember what it is. I think from based on my first viewing of the last ride when it originally came out i think we're gonna have the boneyard and then sort of be like we'll see we'll see if the undertaker decides to retire or not because they didn't really know what was going to happen next and with regards to the boneyard match which very much had the early
0: pandemic days of ah, i've watched all the tiger king and he can throw anything at me this is mm-hmm. great i love this yeah uh, i have a funny feeling that maybe the Boneyard match is not the five-star classic that some remembered it to Kevin, be at the time.
1: <laughs> Kevin, you, you, you seem to fucking back up a little bit now, mate, because, you know, I love the Boneyard. That was my match of the year for 2020, like easily, yeah. easily hands down Boneyard match, match of the year. So you want to just be careful. Don't don't be a little bit too stiff now when we get around to reviewing that boneyard. What
0: did you think of this episode? Let us know in the comments below. And as always, if you're listening on iTunes, SoundCloud, or on Stitcher, make sure you leave an old rating or review or the best thing that you can always do if you see someone on Twitter or anywhere in life asking for a podcast recommendation.
1: Send them the Attitude Era podcast, Sway. You can find us on facebook.com forward slash Attitude Era podcast where you will find a whole library of video content. We have got clips from classic episodes, clips from current episodes, and lots and lots of sneak peeks and previews of the kind of content you will find on our Patreon page. Patreon, eh? Patreon.com
0: forward slash podcast. Start a new year, 2021 on Patreon, and we have got a whole lot of content already there and a lot more coming every single month you get at least two pieces of content for $5 if you're a $10 backer you get access to our Q&A series as well $20 backers get all of our commentary tracks you're making a massive saving over 70% that is if you opt to join our Dan Severn tier but if you want to become a $5 backer you get access to all of the Smackdown crawl over 70 episodes we're on 2001 Smackdown we're having a goddamn great time you get access to all the Bibelotech there's a few episodes here available for free on the timeline including the first first half of the Hardy Boys exist to inspire. Deep dives on good, bad, and indifferent wrestling biographies, and we've just started Big Apple Takedown. Yes! Fuck me, it is incredible. You've got video episodes with me and Adam, Adam and Billy. You've got all sorts of random side ventures and goose like that. The big show, show, show. And don't forget as well, Limp Bizkit, Chocolate Starfish, The Album Review. All this and more available. Another banner year on the cards if you enjoyed this podcast. Like it being ad-free and a 100% 100% fan and listener supported. The only people who are telling us what to do are you people right here with you enter <laughs> content.
1: Hey, 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 hey,
0: Randy the Ram! don't think about it too much. You'll get sad. Instead, Aww. think about Patreon.com slash a podcast where you can support us, keep it out free and get yourself a whole shitload. I'm talking hundreds of hours of content for your eyes and your ears. Adam, let's get in the back of this fat hog, head on down to the boneyard, kick it around, and uh,
1: see if we can wrap up the last ride series heading into next month. Well, I would like to, but you promised me that we were going to have a month off, and we didn't have a month off. And now I'm worried that we're never going to get a month off, and we're going to keep doing the last ride. We're going to do. We're going to take a little break for next month, right? You and Billy are going to step in, surely, yeah? Well, I'm thinking what will happen is we'll have we'll
0: have our episode with Billy next. What I'm thinking when Undertaker's coming back at WrestleMania, we'll have another. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, baby. Oh. <laughs> well, until next time, where we continue the journey to the boneyard. It's a goodbye from me, Kevin, and me, Adam, and we'll see you next time on the Attitude Era Podcast. Oh. Family, faith, fun, friendship, this is a summer that I will never forget. (laughs)